0: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com 365 and get on your way to being your best self. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant other, or anyone else. Visit BetterHelp.com slash 365 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, dot pcom slash 365. BetterHelp.com.
1: Five Sports, powered by sikkim 365com Look at that, he just popped free and he's gone. One man can catch him, only one, and that's Frankie West. Not to be 96 yards. It's a touchdown. Braylon Allen's first of the year.
2: 365 Sports is presented by IdealMRI.com, high-quality MRIs for $497 or less, IdealMRI.com, your health is important, so is your budget.
0: He's John Robinson, who's been on a tear, lines up behind Thompson, they fake it to him and pitch it out to the perimeter, and that's Xavier Worthy,
3: the
1: talented freshman's off and running, it's a sprint! They won't catch worthy Texas touchdown on the opening play. 75 yards. 365 Sports is also brought to you by Texas Farm Bureau Insurance, protecting Texans since 1952.
4: Shovel pass. Here's Sanders. A burst of speed. Rocket Sanders stepped on. The-
1: If you subscribe to our YouTube channel, search 365 Sports on YouTube. Brought to you by TFNB, your bank for life. Pokey Wilson in motion. It's
0: Benson. Benson.
1: His second touchdown tonight. 15 yards for Trey Benson. Now here's David Smoke, Paul Catalina, and
5: Craig Smoke. And here we go another week here on 365 Sports. I'm David Smoke, Paul Catalina, Craig Smoke, and a full throttle of everyone that helps us every single day, start to finish, including Garrett Ross runs the mothership. Levi Caraway doing what he does as far with the site baseball coverage. Jack McKenzie basically has taken over running most of what we do in many ways, and also Emery Winter is here. Who helps put up things on social media? Also takes care of our replay sports tonight on the CW every night, along with putting up this different segments and more on the site and also Twitter. And then some big tall string bean, big tall Graham, drink of water. Graham Bronstein. Graham Bronstein. And, and we knew Graham when he was a high school kid, earned, interned at the radio station. He was an academic all star, and uh, now he's grown up. He's like six foot eleven, uh, and and gra- glad to see you, Graham. Great to see you. And all right, so. Remember the news of the Big Ten and the $7 billion deal that uh, they were going to get and had basically it was a done deal with Fox and NBC and so much more um, and CBS? Well, not so fast. Now, it doesn't mean they're not going to make hundreds of millions of dollars. They are. But Pete Tham will drop this over the weekend that uh, the league trying to bring in, of course, USC and UCLA, and they will. But the new commissioner, Petiti, one of the things he was trying to do, which you thought would just be like maybe signatures or whatever else, or transition, uh, deals for the TV contract are not done. And not only that, Paul and Craig, some of the deals have some quirks to them, like playing night games in primetime or, or games in conference games in primetime, and also uh, a loss of a championship game for Fox and And some repayment of lost revenue along the way
4: yeah there's uh, they have to give Fox back some revenue they um, you know when they made the NBC deal there there's all these um, things that Kevin Warren did uh, and it's um It's probably not as bad as it seems, and we'll talk to Bob Thompson when you look at the overall dollar figures of what they're going to make in the long term and what they're going to have to pay back, but they are, I think the coaches are a little astounded by how much streaming is involved in this deal. I think that they're also, um, you know, whoever is upset about uh, making fans sit at the games in the cold In November, uh, which they're going to have to do now because NBC gets a primetime game. I think they get five of them um, in that month. So there's going to be, you know, 10 teams that are playing in the cold when usually in the Big Ten they don't do that. Which which, is another story that we have to discuss. Which which is a delineation from the Big 12 when it's 108 degrees outside. They're like, we're going to play at 3.30 in the afternoon. You're going to sit on an aluminum seat and you're going to like it.
6: Yeah, Uh, against
5: against, uh, Savannah State or someone like that. Craig?
6: Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting story. It doesn't really change much, I don't think, in the grand scheme of things. Like, it's not as though the Big Ten TV deal is going to fall apart now and that, you know, all of a sudden there's cracks in the foundation and they're the conference that you're looking at like, oh, my gosh, could somebody be so upset or so disrespected they move? Like, none of that's going on here. It's just that Kevin Warren wasn't exactly what he was advertised to be, at least in terms of this TV deal. I think I read where – do y'all realize what each team would lose based on the
5: report? It's like five million. Five million dollars. I think five to seven million. yeah. yeah. And
6: they'll make what, like eighty five million dollars off of it. So, million. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they're not happy about losing that five million dollars, but that's basically what it boils down to. Now the night games and the total lack of communication or miscommunication there is very interesting because yeah, apparently. Uh, you know there was the idea that they would kind of move forward as they always had, and that means that you're not going to see a lot of night games because that was an agreed upon thing uh, previously. And Kevin Warren just kind of bars right through that, uh, whether intentionally or or otherwise. And now you're going to be seeing some teams that otherwise uh, didn't have to uh, and didn't want to play in night games in November. Uh, now we're going to have to play in some night games in November, uh, like Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, the schools that. Uh, were mentioned as not having, you know, or having had that what is it, an allowance, I think is what they called it. Maybe it was a different word. I thought it was it was allowance or something along those, those lines is what they uh, described it as. It's just kind of an understanding that you were not going to play night games that time of year because of, you know, uh, how cold it is and the weather and all that. But instead, uh, now some of them are going to have to. And, you know, yeah, he gave a championship game to a network that uh, wasn't supposed to get the championship game. And because of that, yes, uh, now there's a lot of money that's going to have to uh, go from what is it NBC to uh, to, to Fox, Fox uh, because Fox got really screwed over in this deal by Kevin Warren, um, and you know, yeah, he just sort of operated uh, without full permission, basically, and until it was all basically said and done, he was already out the door and and head at the head of an NFL team. All of a sudden, it's like, oh wait a second, there's some loose ends here. This isn't, like, there's some I's that haven't been dotted. There's some T's that haven't been crossed. And, oh, my gosh, he's given, like, all this to this side, and he's taken from this side, and he's promised this. And so, yeah, it's a it's a bit of a a messy deal uh, and a bit of a, a mess for Tony Petiti to have to come and clean up for uh, the Big Ten.
5: Bob Thompson, I texted him yesterday afternoon. Yesterday evening, I said, what are your thoughts about just the story itself? And he said, I, yeah, there's a little bit of something. He goes, I don't see, like, a whole bunch of things to that'll that be like a bad deal. It's going to be a a lot of pressure on Tony Petiti to get this wrapped up, and he will, but he he even invited, he goes, I'll come on at five. I think Jim Williams used to work with the Big Ten, ran the Big Ten championship game, and uh, have looked at a couple of things. In fact, here's a post. uh, This is the one I did not know, and Jack McKenzie's our resident Big Ten uh, alum. He's a Purdue University guy, and um, that I never knew in all of my years So almost 50-something years of following college football, 40-something covering it. I never knew that the Big Ten had some kind of an unwritten rule that you would not play primetime, nighttime conference games for most of the month of November. That blew me away, and that's where you see guarantee T. at the bottom. This is part of that. The issues, are set. you know, it's written in the contracts uh, for a long time, 2023 Big Ten school will have to play at night. It does. I just well, was blown away by that that well, they don't play night games in November.
6: He's just pointing out to Jim that that's what that that's the thing is that they don't do that and uh, and so yeah. I didn't if I knew that then it wasn't like tucked away as like some important piece of knowledge. I just kind of glossed over it at some point because I either didn't realize that or just never even thought twice about it. So, yeah, that's that's interesting. And I wonder how many people are also coming to that realization as well because I really – I truly never thought – like, why aren't they playing – November 14th at night, Michigan, like, I just never, it never crossed my mind. And, and now, obviously, we realize why. Is because we're, we're conditioned to I, not expect it. But, but what's, what's, the the f- what's
5: the reason? What's the reason? Because the cold for the fans. All right, but, I, I would think the fans, that would be wonderful. I'm not saying that you're 12 degrees or whatever, and it's snowing in blizzard conditions. It could be that way at 12, and I know it's nighttime. It makes it even colder. I just never realized that they didn't play games at night. In November, it's like it blows my mind that they don't well, do that. But, again, if it's for the safety or the convenience of the fans, I get it. I would think fans at Lambeau Field and places like Cincinnati, et cetera, they've kind of embraced that as, as kind of who they are, their I, atmosphere. I've
4: seen enough drunk, shirtless dudes at Lambeau Field, you know, it, when it's zero or worse outside to think that maybe it's not a big deal. And, and you, you know, I, you live up there. You, you know, one of the things about – you know, at least down here when it's hot, and I hear people complain about it, like, we live here. We know it's hot. Like, like what what hits you, like, all of a sudden that it's hot? Even if you're
5: used to it, hot is yeah, hot, hot. but, but like, you're used to it, cold is cold. But I, I just think – I'm not saying I, that there should be, like, three games every Saturday in November, but I I was just – I was surprised, did never realize that they didn't play games – In the uh, at nighttime in the Big Ten in the month of November. And if that's what they want to not do, that but Kevin Warren seemed to like push a lot of things through. Uh, Even I think they negotiated like one of the games with either NBC, Fox, CBS, and it wasn't even their rights to do that. Mm -hmm. It was all sorts of like little like almost like push this through. It's an incredible contract. They're going to get like Craig said bucket loads of millions and they'll lose maybe five to $7 million along the way. But at that uh, – I, I remember my friend Jerry that covers the um, uh, the Big 12 or the ACC and how he mentioned He goes, just be careful before all this is said and done about crossing the T's and dotting a lot of the I's in this Big Ten contract that just, bam, it was there and all of what it said that was going to be included.
6: Uh, yeah, I mean, clearly. Uh, that's, that's why it's such a big story today is uh... – You know, a lot of people did that and just gave Kevin Warren, I guess, the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, you look up when it's actually time to seal the deal or finalize things, and uh, there's some some parts missing or some parts that weren't exactly constructed the way they were supposed to be and clearly a a lack of communication in some areas. So, yeah, it's a a bad look for him. I don't know how much he cares. He's out of there already. Mm -hmm. Uh, He kind of came in, did his damage, and left. And You know, before anybody could even realize whatever damage he had done, uh, for better or worse, uh, he was already moving on to something else. So, I think the only question now is, does he get a bonus for what was negotiated? And they're going to figure that out. And. You know, could very well come back and say no, he doesn't deserve a bonus. Which I don't know how much you know he's planning on that or was expecting that or whatnot. But um you know, that typically does come with with securing a big deal like this, and and that was part of the I, don't, I guess it was Thamel's article probably that mentioned that uh, part of the the situation of they'll have to now figure out what he does or does not get. But yeah, bad look on his part, and uh, it's not the way you were supposed to do business. And Just most interesting that it happens after the fact, after he was praised and praised. And he's this, you know, maverick and he's this, the new school leader of the way college football's going. Remember all that? He's this big, bad TV uh, negotiator. And look at him and what he's doing for the Big Ten. Then you come to find out like their school's pissed about the basketball side of things, they're wondering about streaming. There's too much streaming in the deal for some, uh, the night game part of it. So yeah, I mean things aren't always as they appear on the surface. And for the last year or so, everybody's been just googly eyed looking at the Big Ten deal, only to find out that there's multiple parts of it that aren't exactly what they were
5: advertised well, he, to be.
4: He got his he got his notch on the resume right before yeah, he got
5: back out. It, it's what, not it's not as if the contract overall was still not mm. a motherload. It is, but uh, oh, let me read this, guys. David Nikoloff, you guys are making way too much of this. Penn State has no students on campus Black Friday. Fans don't care. They get to focus on the Eagles and Steelers that weekend. If they could play Michigan 11-11, nobody would be complaining. He keeps telling us that we're overblowing this. Uh, As for Fox, the Big Ten can negotiate money by offering Fox help in getting the college football playoff games. David, also the entire Big Ten issue is a nothing burger. Well, I, I think it is a burger. I think it's a pretty good – it's like a double fat meat cheeseburger uh, because of the fact that this was supposed to be done. And it's not. And there are some just kind of greasy, shady type things that Kevin Warren appears to have done. They will end up making a ton of money. Somebody put the money together, though, uh, and, and said, okay, so if you take 16 teams and you say $5 million, what's that, 90 How long is the contract – Seven years, eight years? hundred million, six six, eight, nine hundred million uh six or seven hundred million dollars, if you think about it.
6: Yeah, no, I kind of agree though. Like I, I, I you know, I don't think it's that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. I, I think it's a it's a big deal, but it's not like, oh my God, the whole thing's falling apart. Um I, I think that the you know, the part that I've said at least is um just in describing what's going on is not necessarily like getting super reactionary over, like, oh, my gosh, can y'all believe? I think I'm just sitting here going, like, yeah, this isn't what it was supposed to be on the surface, and that's kind of shady, but uh, he's already moved on, and I think that's basically what I said, so... You know, I, I don't know that that's really blowing it out of proportion too much. Now, if we got in here and it's like, the deal's going to fall apart yeah, and yeah. the schools aren't going to be able to pay their bills. Like, that's kind of what you make it sound like. And and I definitely don't think that that's the case at all. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a bad look for Kevin Warren. It's not going to change anything other than there's a little bit of money coming out of everybody's pockets that, uh, or there won't be money delivered in people's pockets that was expected to be there. But, again, it's – uh, drop in the bucket compared to what they're still going to be getting. So I slightly agree with that uh, that texture right there, um, but you know, not not fully. Obviously.
5: All right, so there we are with that. Now, one other note, and we'll have Tom Chattel writes for the Omaha uh, World Herald. He had the story, the Q and A with the president of Nebraska, and some of what he was discussing is again, it's not like he says something is imminent, but discussed that yes. Uh, very real, the possibility of a power two joining forces, the SEC and the Big Ten. He also went on to say a couple of notes here to Paul and Craig about the fact that, you know, there may not be anything for a year or two with realignment involving the Big Ten, but that something else is going to happen between that year or two window in college football and the realignment window, which could be nothing. Or, of course, it could be the possibility of other shifts in the conference table, I just—it's so
4: wild to hear every different president's take on all this. If you're in the Big Ten and you're, you know, on the outside of all this right now, you can you can say what he said and, and kind of say, oh, well, who is he talking about? He may not be talking about anything specifically. He may he's kind of just saying how he sees the you know the river of of college football flowing uh, at this point. And but if you're over in the Pac-12 and you hear the a Big Ten president say that, you're like, well. When are they going to stop? How about you know, the ACC? Or the ACC, yeah. The ACC, when are they going to start rubbing their hands together? Uh, I, I'm sure that uh, the ACC teams that were in that group of seven would love uh, him to come and explain the granted rights to them if it's that, that easy.
5: Most of the story was even more focused on the ACC than it was anything to do with the Pac-12. Yeah. So there's that from the president. And just doing a little bit of intel, and we'll have Tom Chattel who wrote the article on with us at 330 and really what was the setting or whatever, uh, one of the notes was that some of what he was saying was because of knowing that there were still some things not yet finished with the DTV deal, which Petini and Big Ten and everyone else will eventually get done. So it was kind of an interesting weekend. Otherwise, it's not going to change the landscape of who's moving today or who might move in a month. But uh, we'll have Tom Chattel on our show today at 3.30 to discuss it. Look forward to having as well uh, Bob Thompson today at 5 o'clock. I can just tell you this is the conversation that is happening right now. I'm I'm on several national boards. I get to sit uh, with a lot of top-tier presidents discussing the power, too. It's out there. He expects a lot of big things are going to happen in the next year. Did not so much discuss the Big Ten with that, but just in college football realignment. Which, of course, is something that tomorrow we could hear a story that pops and who knows what might happen with that. So there's uh, the article in the Omaha World Herald. Yeah.
4: I'd just like to know
6: how he's figured out the ACC grant of rights all of a sudden. I mean, you know. And- yeah, I mean, I guess the one thing everybody can agree on is they all feel like something's happening, they just don't quite know what yet or uh, don't know quite what to predict and when and, and all of that. Just there's a general vibe in the air that something's constantly happening or something's on the precipice of happening. And I don't know, We've we've had that. You know, feelings surrounding the Pac-12 for a while now. By the way, another day. I don't believe they have a TV deal, right? So that continues on, and we're looking at what July, I think, is what they said. So, you know, just another week starting up, and um, you know, it'll be interesting as we get closer to to summer, to midsummer, on on where they are with that. That'll help clear up a lot of these questions, uh, a lot of them. But for now, they remain, and the chatter then thus remains on uh you know what they could possibly see as far as you know exits if the deal's not right and all that stuff that's been rumored and talked about so I mean with that having gone on now for the last few months I mean that's that's been the you know the engine behind a lot of the talk and then you add in the the recent ACC stuff which you know is not so recent for those who have been kind of poking around and and looking at their deal and the long-term nature of it and the money they're making and the separation of, of the top two conferences in the ACC. I mean, we kind of knew there was probably be grumblings out of there at some point. It just maybe happened a little bit quicker than we expected. And then as much as it – or as soon as it, you know, got kind of loud and there was some real barking going on, I mean, a day later, it was all quiet on the Western front, basically. They had all decided that uh, they were going to calm things down a little bit or, or start to work on, you know, calming things down. So – I mean, there's all the, the elements there. I mean, upcoming TV deals and the widening gap and NIL and just, you know, in general, there's there's clearly some, some haves and some have-nots and some wants and some, you know, don't-want-to-gives and, and just whatever you want to describe it as. But there's a lot of people looking around that basically every university, it seems, just about right now, uh, trying to figure out the best for, for them and their school. And so when you're doing that, as much as you want to be a part of groups, there's also that individualist part of it. And, yeah, you're going to do what's best for your school. So who knows what all these different folks are hearing. But certainly um, there's a lot of elements in in play and a lot of, uh, a lot of thoughts out there from the people in charge that uh, there's still more disruption to come. So we'll see how that unfolds.
5: All right, so there's that. Uh, and we appreciate the feedback. Those of you watching us here on 365 Sports here on this Monday – now, uh, I did you guys? No, you couldn't have because this happened on Monday. So Austin Novosad of Dripping Springs, who was a long-time, over-a-year commit, I think, at Baylor, last second, changes his mind to Oregon. I did see this story that five-star quarterback Michael Van Buren has committed to Oregon. The top 20 prospect in the class of 2024, isn't it amazing how things can change? Now, Austin Nova is not afraid of competition. He went to Oregon to be a part of it, but that's interesting how they're loading up in their quarterback depth chart. And, and again, this is a 2024 kid.
6: I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what yeah. uh, you'd want Will Stein and, and Oregon to do, uh, and that's just to be expected. I mean, if you're Austin Novosad, I highly doubt that you were promised that they weren't going to recruit a guy anytime soon. I mean, I don't know what caliber a player would have to come along for you to do that. Last time I even remember hearing anything remotely close, it was Garrett Gilbert, basically, and uh, we know how that worked out for Texas. It ended with him finishing his career at SMU. Uh, so, you know, that's just to be expected. I think that almost goes without saying, but I'm sure you have to, you know, say it and make that messaging clear when you're talking to your quarterback recruit. So I don't think that Austin Nova saw I was surprised by that, but it is interesting that you know, yeah, there's a guy right behind him that's even higher rated and probably more celebrated and even bigger expectations. And so, you know, at some point the battle will be on and and maybe he wins it and maybe he's, you know, hoisting a Heisman Trophy one day and maybe he never plays a single down in Eugene, Oregon. That's the risk you take with these decisions. And, you know, that's also why if you're a Baylor uh, in, in this particular situation, you keep those relationships open and you, you know, don't just burn bridges because he – you know, uh, left you at the altar on signing day, as ugly as that was, uh, and and you know he could very well be in the portal a year from now, and you may need a quarterback. And hey, here you go. Let's let's finally unite. Um, so that's uh that's why you gotta you know massage those relationships. But it is very interesting. My 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 eyes uh definitely went. Whoa, five star, huh? Yeah. I, I as a coach, if a if a player told me I don't want you to recruit another player
4: at my position in my class, I might. I might kind of agree to that one if my roster was set up in a way. But uh, right now, the way that roster movement move, move is so easy and fluid in college football, if I had a kid that said, well, I'll commit to you, but you can't sign a quarterback kind of anywhere around me, I'd be like, dude, you're not that good yet. Let's, let's, let's see you beat our big rival here in the Power Five and win some games before I I'm ready to you know, sacrifice, you know, career points for you because that Garrett Gilbert decision was the first decision that, that started tumbling down the the wall for
5: Mac Brown. And and yet like I always say, even though that didn't work out, everybody in America wanted him and would have taken his commitment and signature, but you're right, it did not work out. Garrett, I just sent you one more note to kind of close out this opening segment with this. By the way, I love sports um human interest stories. Michael Block, and this is just a golf note. Brooks Kepka, congratulations, Florida State. Brooks Kepka, his fifth major, third PGA title. When he had the lead and the scores were low yesterday, I could tell he was probably going to go out and kind of stretch it, did, and then it got even again with uh obviously Victor Hovlin. But um what a story by Michael Block out of California, just a a, a pro PGA tour professional. Uh on the tour and playing and having not only an incredible weekend, playing with Rory and a hole-in-one to qualify for next year's PGA Championship. Got a call for an invitation to the Colonial this weekend in Fort Worth, and I saw a note even the Canadian Open is extended an opportunity for him to play when that tournament comes around. So here's a note from Bob Thompson just recently. Here's the Big Ten thing that really, and we'll discuss this with Bob at 5. The NBC window in question is a 7:30 Eastern not the Pac-12 late night late like 10:30 Eastern window i don't think nbc wants a bunch of former pac-12 schools as the con- as the cornerstone of its big 10 deal if that was the case they should have bought the entire pac-12 rights for less than they're playing, uh, paying the big 10
4: yeah no i mean that's the 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 you know, person said, well, they could do this and they could be late night windows. Well, um, obviously, he doesn't know what's on at uh, 1030 Eastern for almost 50 years now on Saturdays on NBC.
5: Notre Dame football? No, that would be Saturday Night oh, Live. Oh, Saturday Night Live. Oh, I'm going <laughs> I mean, the wrong direction. So, okay, yeah,
4: So, no, I mean, like one week a <laughs> month, they could do that when, when they're off in the fall. But yeah, they're not. They're not doing that. I mean, so there's there's a lot like, oh yeah, you got to pack 12 after dark. No, they want that seven thirty Eastern, six thirty Central window, uh, and that's that's the sweet spot for those those Big Ten games. And yeah, I'm sure USC is going to be in several of those and and all that because of it's going to be perfect for them. But uh, especially when they're at home. But uh, you know the the whole you know it's cold at night thing is that's I just. I still won't be able to, to wrap my head around that for a while. And,
5: and it's not like making fun of the fan bases or whatever because it does get brutally and frigid cold. But I just, had ne- I just was blown away. I'd never heard of that. I never knew, never really paid that much attention to it, whether the Big Ten was playing games at noon, 11 o'clock, or whatever they call it, the big noon kickoff, or in the afternoon or in the evening. When we come back. Tom Chateau, Omaha World Herald. He's the one that had some quotes from the president at Nebraska on the Big Ten. Anything there that, that he thought was the most, uh, I guess, intriguing to him? And did he already know, in his opinion, President Carter at Nebraska, whether or not this was going on with some of the T's not crossed and the I's not dotted when it comes to the Big Ten deal? This is 365 Sports.
0: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com 365 and get on your way to being your best self. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right, but sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant other, or anyone else. Visit BetterHelp.com slash 365 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 365, BetterHelp.com.
3: Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot
1: to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all
4: Texan ways of life. Stop by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan County locations. Coverage and discounts are subject to
5: qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Where is the best beef in Texas, your house, when you order from Texas Beef House? Samantha Duvall is in charge of marketing and also distribution. Memorial Day, right around the corner, 4th of July. What are some of the best opportunities for people if they want to order online and maybe get a bundle when they have those holidays in front of them?
7: TexasBeefHouse.com, you can order. We've got plenty of family bundles. Probably our most bestseller is our sampler pack. That gives you a variety of our jalapeno and cheese patties, our regular patties, ground beef,
8: our garlic links, summer sausage. Right now, all of our family bundles are on sale. It's the best time to buy it. We also, you can buy steaks individually. All of our steaks come through to a package. We ship Monday through Wednesday. So make sure you get your orders in early that way. You can get them
3: almost the next day.
5: The owner, Aaron Duval, his daughter-in-law, Samantha Duval, head of marketing and distribution, unleashed the flavor of Texas raised Wagyu. From our pasture to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com.
6: Thank you. I see an equal housing lender.
1: It's Jeep season at Allen Samuels in Waco, and the deals are hot. Get a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited with $5,500 in total values, or a 2023 Jeep Gladiator Sport with total values up to $5,000. This is 365 Sports.
2: The 3 o'clock hour is sponsored by Waco Custom Marketplace. Meats, sweets, Texas treats, and a cut above the rest. 425 Lake Air Drive, Waco.
5: Here we go, 365 Sports with Paul Catalina, Craig Smoke, and I'm David Smoke. Take you up until 6 o'clock. Former Fox Sports CEO President Bob Thompson today will join us at five o'clock tom chattel omaha world herald joins us on 365 sports his story and you president ted carter big changes more realignment coming to college football and tom joins us on the show today tom thank you very much saying that there's going to be more realignment coming what was what you got out of most of what he said when it comes to that that topic of realignment that's an everyday deal in college sports
10: yeah, thanks for having me. Good to be back in the Big 12. Um, <laughs> yeah, saying there's, uh, there's more there's real limit coming, to, like saying I'm going to have dinner tonight. Um, I mean, there's there's always real limit coming. It's never going to stop uh, until it, it gets so big. The leagues get so uh, – uh, i I'm bloated, for, for lack of a better word, that they just explode so when we go back to the Big 8 and it's not what's conference i i hope i uh, live long enough to see that uh, i i think it'll happen one day but
11: uh
10: uh yeah i, I it, it's never over i mean and i i, I don't think I don't, I don't think president Carter had had anything in mind uh he certainly didn't mention any schools um or in and in, in, in any conferences but it, it's clear the a c c is, is uh going through some stuff. Uh, with, with, Florida State, Clemson, um, Miami. I'm a little surprised at North Carolina. North Carolina doesn't look, doesn't look at the football money thing. To me, the that's old school tobacco road. And, um, uh, I gotta think of one of those Carolinas would just be happy if they could go back to the basketball first ACC, get rid of some of those football people. But, um,
11: you know, guys.
10: I, I just think the ACC is, is, is as you all know, is is really handcuffed with the 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 grant of rights until two thousand uh, thirty six. God, I hope we're all here, still around for that. But uh, I, I, don't know, I I think there is always a way to get out of stuff. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see what uh, ESPN uh, what kind of role they play in that because they. I've had to make a lot, of, a, a lot of cuts, and I just wonder would they, would they be in the mood uh, to maybe renegotiate some of that, and you know, maybe get some of the, some of the money down, uh, letting some of those guys out. of I, I I don't know. Um, it's crazy, and I know the people in the base club are watching it. Who who can we get, so on and so forth? But uh, I don't know. I I think we're all just kind of in a holding pattern right now. To the Pac-12 is on hold. What in the world's going on there? Um, it's crazy, but uh, Big Ten, the SEC are in absolute great shape. They're just sitting there waiting, and uh, they'll be able to get whoever they want. And uh, I, I tend to think the Big Ten is, is, is has turned its back on the West and is looking towards the East and the South. <laughs>
4: Tom, do you think that any of this, just from Nebraska's perspective, is good for them?
10: Well, I don't know. I I I don't think people here... I mean, people... Nebraska are, are... I don't know. We've been in the Big Ten now since 2011, and uh, some people still aren't used to it. Some people still don't like it, and I guess I'm one of them. Um, I'm, 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 I miss... Uh, You know, I miss going to Dallas. Hell, I miss going to Texas and Kansas City, and I miss Tex-Mex and all the barbecue, man. you kidding me? But uh, you can't find barbecue in the Big Ten. Don't want anybody tell you you can because you can't. Um, I'm just uh, not even – the Husker fans just want to be good. They want to play. They want to start winning. They're not necessarily caught up in the realignment deal as much as, uh, you know, some some places. They just want to get back on the field and start winning again. And, uh, you know, somebody you guys know very well, Matt rule is, is now in charge of that. And, yep. uh, um, hopes are high, but they were high with Scott Frost. So we're all taking a wait and see the boy, the, the, this, uh, Matt rule has been almost, uh, too good to be true with, with his approach and, uh, going back to old school development and, and, um, so on and so forth. So, um, you know, I always thought I had to give Husker fans, especially the older generation, uh, uh, some truth tells and uh, and say, okay, would you rather be? Would you would you like to go back to the Big Twelve or stay in the Big Ten? And I think uh, I think they would say, um, boy, I, you know, I would be happy happy in the Big Twelve with some of the old rivalries, but they. They can't leave the Big Ten. It's too much money, and um, it, it's going to be. I hate to say this, but it's going to be the, the the power too, eventually. The big Ten, and the SEC, and they, they may get so big that they they may just have to like join together on a TV package, and uh, have their own rules. Have their you know, a lot of people think uh, the athletes are are going to be designated employees pretty soon. We're on the fast track to calling in employees. Well, if you have to start paying people, the Big Ten and SEC are in much better shape to do that than anybody else. So I don't know how the other leagues are are, 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 are going to handle that, or are are going to be able to do it. So uh, where's the NCAA when you need them? Just somebody needs to take charge of this thing because – uh, we're headed to something that could be really weird,
6: Tom. Uh, any thoughts on the Big Ten story today? Just Randy, Kevin, Warren, and the TV deal. It's not as though the TV deal is not going to be in place. It's not as though Nebraska and everybody else isn't going to still make gobs and gobs of money. They're going to make like five million dollars less out of like a hundred whatever million dollars. So uh, you know, if yeah. it's even if it's even noticeable, I'll never know, but. Um, right. it's just any thoughts on, on thinking that that thing was, was pretty much, you know, ready to go and, um, any understanding of, of the frustrations perhaps by some behind the scenes, just in the way that it was done again, not that it's not going to happen, but just the, the way that it apparently was done and it's coming to light now. Any uh, thoughts on that?
10: Yeah, I, I was surprised to see it. I mean, yeah, I was not surprised that, uh, Kevin Warren w- would, would, would leave a mess behind like that. Um. You know, he was not. He was not. He was not cut out to be a college uh, commissioner. He's he's more of an NFL guy, and that's just plain sloppy. Some of the stuff that he did, Um, and uh, so you know, he is absolute poor communicator. So for him to for some people to not know what would happen, I'm I'm not surprised by that whatsoever. Um, But. These Big Ten teams, you know, we're are all up in arms about having to play night games uh, in uh, November. And
12: uh, you know,
10: it, I don't see the problem. Yeah, we'll show sure, you, you. You might get a blizzard or something. You know, it's just, uh, just whatever. But uh, <laughs> we never got we never got blizzards down in Waco in November, did we? We never, uh, you know, could never, never play in Austin. Never had to worry about sliding off the road. I wish I was leaving 6th Street. But um, (laughs) the only thing, thing, it's just, these Big Ten teams are going to have to, if you want the big money and and all the TV um, times, you know, everything, it's all part of it. You have to, you know, these Big Ten, audio schools aren't aren't good at at letting go of the, the Big Ten way, which is, you know, always, sometimes drives me crazy that they just, have this thing where we are the big 10 we have to be the big 10 and all we care about is being the big 10. And look, if you're going to, you're going to sign up for all the TV money, you got to play when the, the networks tell you to play. So I, I don't feel sorry for him there, but uh, Kevin Warren. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> I, I'm excited to see his legacy because is this USC UCLA going to be a good thing. Um, It certainly fits for the money, yes, but it's going to be crazy, and I don't think we understand how crazy until we see what what all that travel is like and how that stuff looks. So um, (laughs) I don't think USC and UCLA understand, you know, some of the trips they're going to have to make either. So um, I don't know, guys. It's um, what a crazy world. I mean, I'm, I'm old enough. Yeah, go ahead.
5: Okay. Yeah, uh, well, well, my question for you is, it, Nebraska is going to be, I know there's schools north of that, obviously a part of the Big Ten, a handful of a bunch of them. But I, I, the thing that blew me away about the night, the primetime games, is I didn't even know that existed. Is, is that something that, like, is that a big, big deal that they don't want to play? Obviously, it seemed like, but if they're going to, like you said, make the money and get primetime games, someone's going to have to play at night. They would not... Blink if they were in Lincoln and they played a night game, nighttime game, would they?
10: Nope, they wouldn't. And um, it's, it, it, it's all weather-related and travel, you know, in case it's – I mean, we played – you know, Nebraska played a game at uh, Penn State one year, the, the 2.30 game, or I guess there it, it was like the, uh, a 3.30 game, whatever, and by the time the game was over, it was dark and there were, and it was a, there was a heavy snowstorm. And we, we we had to drive back to one of the hotels, state college hotels for a home game, or like uh, six hundred dollars a night. So um, we, we had to drive back on the uh, Pennsylvania two lane roads back to Pittsburgh um, at, at ten p.m. in the snow. So. Yeah, there's a little bit of, that. and that was that was a day game. So, yeah, I I understand that, but yeah, it's a very it's a very real thing in the Big Ten. They uh, have been used to having their way all, all forever, and um, but this is the thing: if you're going to sign up for the big money, you've got to do what the networks tell you to do. And um, Big Ten is used to telling everybody what they're going to do. So. I don't feel so sorry for him. at all.
5: No. Tom, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Again, the Omaha World Journal, the story, Nat, uh, Nebraska President Ted Carter, big changes, more realignment coming to college football. And he was mentioning the he more in that article discussed the ACC, and that's really what Tom was bringing up. But, again, part of the story is oh, they still have someone's they, – they, like they broke the code to get out of the grant mm-hmm. of rights because nobody else has. And believe me, the lawyers have been peeling through that letter-by-letter, word-for-word Sentence and paragraph by paragraph and signatures, too. Uh, I uh, appreciate the uh, comments on the uh, chat room. David Nikolov, one of the things that he also mentioned was that one of the concerns about a night game, especially if it's a Thursday night game, like the Big 12 has games on Thursday, is if you've never done that before, then all of a sudden you need to do that, then you're worried about a short week. Well, that's really – ESPN's been broadcasting games on Thursday nights, big boys schools forever. And, and that's kind of how teams like Boise, TCU, when they were out of the Big 12 and others really kind of got their foothold on letting people watch them and get to know who they are by playing games that were not on Saturday, playing anywhere you can, like Maction, and, and how they have to play because that's really one of the best places for them to get any kind of eyeballs.
6: Yeah, what do you mean in terms of the Big Ten with that, though? They
5: they, they just don't – they're concerned about having a short week.
6: Well, yeah, because they don't need that. They don't need to – yeah. we already know who they are. We, they don't need the, the Boise State extra level of attention on but a it, Thursday because they're already the Big Ten.
5: If they want the extra millions that come with it, they are going to have to be some – you would think give and take here – uh, if you want the extra fifty million a year, whatever it is, it could be yeah. twelve. Then someone's going to play on Thursday night in this particular window, or you're going to lose some of that money. Guess who cares about the money? The presidents and the ads.
6: Yes, they are the ones who were under the impression that they weren't going yep. to have to do that, and we're still getting all of that original money. Mm-hmm. That's why they didn't think that was part of the deal. Now they're understanding, and that's why the person who says it's a nothing burger—I don't know if he's got like a big Big Ten banner behind him, like as he types on the computer or not, because it's oh, like he's, he's just, no, I yeah, know, no. I'm just saying it's like it's not a nothing. It's not. It's not like there's nothing to it. There's presidents that are upset, but in terms of it, like cratering the entire ecosystem, no, it's. It's nothing in that grand scheme of things, but it is an issue that's got some people pissed off. I would guarantee you. And don't tell me that everybody who's trying to snatch every dollar they can isn't a little upset, even if they're making a hundred. That there's suddenly five of that missing that they were banking on, because that's probably already been you know earmarked somewhere, wouldn't you think? Mm. Um, like their back pockets, Absolutely. maybe. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if you've got to do that, that's fine or whatever. But. I don't think anybody agreeing to this deal was under the impression they were going to have to go the Boise State route and play on a Thursday night to get a little bit more attention or or what have you. So that's where there is a little something to it is doing things that you didn't agree to, uh, didn't think you'd have to agree to and wouldn't have agreed to. Um, but you're going to have to do it because it's apparently part of the contract that you're, you're signing. So, or you, you know, you basically agreed to. So, you know, will they all be able to get over it and be fine? Yeah. Will there be maybe a couple bumps in the road as far as working out logistics and and things like that? Sure. But you know, that's that's part of what Kevin Warren's uh, you know mess is that that he left. It's not something that can't be cleaned up, but it's uh, it's messier than they expected it to be. One of the
5: things in Thamel's article, Penn State will play a road game in a short week, Black Friday, against Michigan State, a game that was scheduled before Penn State agreed to it. Ohio State will host Michigan State November the 11th, the latest ever home night game in Ohio State history. They've been playing for over 100 years, which is viewed as another concession to help the league through this moment. Industry source saying about Tony Petiti. This is what he's walking into right now. Tony is trying to save it, and what Penn State and Ohio State are trying to do is minimize the losses. So there's a little bit of what uh, more of the article. It's on ESPN.com. It's not a paywall either. Uh, Well, it's not a paywall. It's part of their main not ESPN plus article it's on their regular front page
6: and it was interesting because Kevin Warren sure was taking victory laps I mean by by the bulk uh you know a few months back of just this historic deal and this and that and you you know I know that behind the scenes there was not exactly this grand level of like everybody loved everything that he did you know like the expansion part of things I think we've heard rumblings or read rumblings about how not everybody was exactly on board with you know necessarily his vision but um it is interesting to hear all these months later after he already got the big pat on the back in the send off, it's like, Oh wait, that wasn't as great as you originally thought. It's still pretty good though. But yeah. it's it's just not what it was portrayed to, to be, you know, at the very outset. So well, there will be some things to navigate. And if a Penn State loses one game and it happens to be that, you know, that oh. game that's not the way that they originally thought it was gonna be set up, is Black Friday game, is like the one that keeps them out of the playoff or something, then man, we'll we'll definitely hear more oh, about this. Yeah. I-
4: It does make sense though, because I remember right after Kevin Warren left, there were scuttlebutt about like, well, not everybody in the Big Ten's upset about this. And I was like, I was like, what do you mean? He just dumped all the gold in your lap. So what's going on? Like, what is the reasoning for it? And then you see like he was playing a little fast and loose, you know, just kind of getting these things done. And I bet they probably felt towards the end of this. Oh, this is about, this is a resume builder right now.
5: That factor uh, is key to understanding the issues Pettini faces. There are two new party, our partners, NBC, CBS, attempting to work out their long-form deals. There's a familiar partner, Fox, riding shotgun on this bumpy ride. This is from Thamel, including being upset that Commissioner Warren promised a title game that Fox controlled without their permission. So, hey, Fox, all that money you're spending – and that championship game, you're going to get whatever year, let's say it's 2026. Uh, we sold that to one of the other networks. So I guess we'll read, I don't know, right? So it's a lot of things that were, but you read and you see, and there's been comments in the chat room that uh, the presidents and whoever else, didn't they sign off on all this? Some of them are now saying that perhaps they did not know everything. Tom Izzo's in here, upset about the possibility of, Of of certain parts of the deal, Um, yeah. I
6: mean, they're not all on board with the streaming aspect of it. Uh, That that sets that in the article, Um, and so, you know, it, it to what extent they're unhappy about it or whatever, I don't know how deep it dove. I read it a few hours ago, and I don't think it really got into that specifically. But I thought it mentioned that you know there was some that didn't like the streaming aspect of it. Not that. You know, they expected zero streaming, but I guess just maybe the the amount of it was was more than expected. Um, So I'm sure we'll hear further clarification on that. But, yeah, it wasn't all as portrayed to be, as often things aren't. And, uh, you know, we'll see what uh, they do to uh, figure it all out. But there will be some... Minor changes and adjustments that everybody will have to make that will be a little bit uncomfortable or unusual at first, but I think they'll all be fine when when all is said and done.
5: One of the other things uh, about this is that uh, you know you've got some you you talk about the Big Twelve if Texas and Oklahoma were kind of running that one, in the SEC it just always seemed like no matter who might run it, uh, you have everybody out for everybody else's back. But man, in the big the Big Ten, you got some alphas, and uh, and it's like. Welcome to the Big Ten, Nebraska. Now play Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, etc. Bam, bam, and that was like an algorithm. So it's part of the deal. But Tom Chattel, appreciate the time uh, on our show, 365 Sports. A couple of nuggets when we close out this 4 o'clock, 3 o'clock hour. And then today, Bill Connolly of ESPN did a list. Lists are what Paul does. It ends every show, the top five, and it gets a lot of feedback and response, oh. views, anger fist fights the list of the top 75 quarterbacks of the 2000s we will go over part of that the big 12 flavor that's also coming up at four on 365 sports
4: i can't wait for bill because he took a bold step at number one yes he did and uh, i I mean he justified it well but i
5: will tell you it wouldn't have been my one
4: there are going to be people like in like
6: outside his office
5: yeah no (laughs) yeah we'll have him today at four this is 365 sports
6: Richard Carr, Buick GMC Cadillac, they are the people that you can count on for a great deal, for great customer service, and uh, just great people that welcome you in the door and welcome you in the service center or uh, welcome you around the lot to show you all their new and pre-owned vehicles. And right now they're celebrating their 24th anniversary sales event, which means big savings on pre-owned cars and trucks, special savings on GMC Sierra and Buick Envision SUVs in particular. And right now there are dozens of Sierra trucks on the lot. You can save 3000 on a new 2023 GMC Sierra SLT or SLF. SLE 1500 qualified buyers can also get 2.9% financing on a new 2023 GMC Sierra truck. But uh, when you give them a phone call or send them an email or head on over to the dealership, you can converse more about all the percentages and the deals and the thousands off. But there's a lot of great deals going on right now at Richard Carr. And that includes, as I mentioned, dozens of Sierra trucks. It also includes a lineup of Buick SUVs of the 2023 Encore and Vision and Enclave. Qualified buyers can get low financing and save thousands on Buick Enclave Premium or on the Buick Enclave Avenir. And those luxury Buick SUVs uh, provide not only a smooth and quiet ride, but they do so without the luxury price. Elsewhere, quality pre-owned cars and trucks. How about uh, getting a car or truck or SUV under $20,000? Well, they have a lot of affordable, thoroughly inspected vehicles ready to finance for almost any credit rating right now. Quality vehicles, pre-owned, ready to drive home today and if you're just looking to drive your car a little while longer their award-winning service department is standing by to keep you on the road as well so check out the business that's been in business for 24 years in central texas and has built a reputation as the people you can count on during that time run by proud central texans log on to richardcar.com today call now or go see them now off highway six at the imperial exit
11: the future's bright the time is now college is what you make it It's a late-night pizza run and all-nighters coding a new project. It's having big dreams and making them a reality. It's a professor who knows your name and your story. It's preparation for your future, your calling, your life. And at Baylor, it's even more. Baylor, where lights shine bright. One-size-fits-all.
5: That may be all right for an adjustable belt or cheap sunglasses, but when it comes to your financial needs, no one wants a one-size-fits-all strategy. Ben Erlinson, your Edward Jones financial advisor, knows that his most important goals are yours. That's why he takes the time to understand your needs, knowing you. That's how Edward Jones makes sense of investing. Ben Erlinson, 100 North 6th Street in Waco, 254-759-8533. Edward Jones, member S I. P.C.
13: There are 26 letters in the alphabet, over 600,000 words in the dictionary, and just three of them said together can change everything. Let's order pizza. Those three words lead to dough made from scratch and three fresh signature cheeses that blanket golden crust in a heavenly melt on Marco's Pizza that'll blow your mind. So visit marcos.com to order and stop by Marco's Pizza in Bellmead, China Spring, Woodway, and in Robinson. Marco's. Pizza lovers get it. Thanks
4: Riverbend Liquor and Wine, Lakeshore Drive North 19th Street, right behind the bank is a hidden gem in Waco. If you're a fan of bourbon, especially local Texas bourbons, that's where you gotta go. Balcones, TX, Devil's River, whatever it is, they've got it. Riverbend Liquor and Wine, plus the best selection of craft beers in Waco, seasonally churned out throughout the year, whether it's spring, summer, fall, or winter. Riverbend Liquor and Wine, best selection of craft beers, a speedy drive through window, an excellent customer service find out more on instagram or just go by and see them lakeshore drive north 19th street behind the bank
5: you want to know why stonewood dental is so successful listen to what happy customers have to say
7: it's pleasant it's different than any other dentist's office i really feel like they care and it's not that you're here for two hours waiting on someone to take care of you. It's quick and easy, and you know, I bring my kids, and my kids love being here too. They really love the treasure box. <laughs> Staff is really nice and accommodating, real friendly. You feel more like home, it's not sterile looking. Everybody has their own personalized rooms with decorations and decor, and they'll even have a blanket for you when it's cold. <laughs> I've recommended people to actually come here, and they are patients now. I really love it here. It feels like family.
5: Learn more at Stonewood-Dental.com.
2: This is 365 Sports. Text us at 254-339-1122. The text line is sponsored by Riverbend's Liquor and Wine, with the most extensive variety of craft beer in Waco, a hidden gem on
5: Lakeshore Drive and 19th Street. So Craig, uh, after we took a break, said, why are these on the studio set? These are relics. These are antiques. These will be sent off to the Smithsonian Institute at any point in the next couple of days. I was going through boxes of just like folders of things that don't matter, like old academic all-stars type information. Found a box. Paul Catalina and I almost divorced like a week into our getting to know each other in 2010 because that is a cassette recorder.
4: Yes, and he wanted to with
5: Radio Shack's name on
4: play it. highlights over the air, and I had no way of doing that with the equipment that we had at the time. Later on,
5: there would have been a way
4: when we we finally. About, so
5: your equipment was outdated,
4: uh, not mine. Um, the the stuff I was given by the the powers <laughs> that be, uh, it was hard enough to get hooked up and set up anyway without having to throw. A, I mean, I hadn't even seen one. And forever, thing, yeah. and the other thing I said was, where are you going
5: to get blank tapes? And At Radio Shack or anywhere? Yeah, what, sets were still. I, I had a bunch of them. Yeah, so we. It's a handheld one here.
4: Yes, so we had uh, we had a big row about it, and uh, and finally I said, well, we can do it. More efficiently, which there were a couple times where we had glitches because computers glitch, uh, and if you don't use computers all that much, especially at that time, uh, you were you might get mad that the tape would have
5: been better. Yep, never missed a highlight in all the years I did high school football. I don't, with a bl- I don't believe ever. I don't believe never that. Never got stuck. Uh, Paxton, we don't have Radio Shacks anymore, so there you are with that. That's why they were on the set. Now, Bill. Conley from ESPN.com put up a list of the top 75 quarterbacks in the years since 2000 to now. Here are six through ten. He's going to join us here in a minute to kind of go over some of his explanations for this. Six through ten for the years 2000 through current, including Robert Griffin III, Marcus Mariota, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. These are the top ten. The rest of the top ten, Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, Tim Tebow, Vince Young, which would absolutely have been in the conversation for number one, and then Cam Newton, too, and Baker Mayfield and his career at Oklahoma. And he explained it, and now Bill Connolly joins us on ESPN of ESPN.com on 365 Sports. Bill, I did not read the summary of Baker Mayfield, and these lists only get people like – like really fired up in good ways, bad ways too. Your thoughts about Mayfield over some of what were incredible college football quarterbacks?
3: Yeah, definitely good ways and bad ways that people get fired up. Um, Yeah, well, it's funny. This was the hardest list. I mean, obviously this is an update of a thing I did a couple years ago, but this was the hardest list I've ever done because comparing a guy who had the best season, which you would probably think is either Burrow or Newton, um, or maybe Vince Young even in 2005, uh, to the guys who had the best careers, the best four season careers. It, it was really, really hard. I ended up basically just making a list of the one year guys and the two year, three and four year guys. Uh, and then just kind of slowly zipped them together. It was, it was a tricky exercise. I was still at peace because I mean, when you lay out, you know, I maybe mean, Phil had a Heisman like the others did and in the, in the playoff appearances and the raw yardage totals were crazy. I, 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 you know, I felt okay with it and I could justify it, but. Was any of those top five, maybe top six or seven guys could have been number
4: one. What did you, what you, I know you said it was Baker's <clears throat> whole career. What yeah. triggered that for you when you finally got down to the the brass tacks of it?
3: Well, I think when you lay it out, you see 14,000 yards plus enough of the, the career. Kind of obviously he didn't win a national title, but he, he checked a lot of those accomplishments box too. It really did. Like once you lay it out in a hundred whatever touchdowns, it really did just kind of, stand out to me and so I, I was at peace with it I kind of knew people were going to yell and they but again I mean whoever I picked at number one you know people who like number two three four and five are going to yell so um I think it surprised people for sure but I, again I, I I I can sleep at night knowing who I picked I think I'm okay with it
6: Bill how much did the longevity part of Baker Mayfield play into this versus let's say a Joe Burrow <laughs> who if you're thinking of just a sensational single season he's got to be right there but it was just a single season
3: yeah, that that really was. I mean, you had Newton and Burrow there, uh, putting together just two, one specific year where everything just w- went perfectly. Um, that, that did, because I mean, you, I, I put the career stats in there, but you, you, if you just look at career stats, that doesn't tell and nearly enough of the story. Cam Newton would have been like number 60 or something if you just looked at career stats. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I saw those seasons that if you asked me to pick a guy to lead my team in the national title game for one game, I would have probably picked Burrow over Mayfield. But Mayfield just did it so consistently for so long in a way that Burrow didn't. Maybe Burrow just didn't get the chance to. But even the year before uh, the, the 2019 breakout, he was only fine. Um, I, I remember heading into 2019, I wrote that I thought he could have a breakout season and people were scoffing at the idea because he wasn't good enough in 2018. But Mayfield was pretty much as good as he was from that first uh, stop at Texas Tech, and he just continued to produce over a long period of time.
5: How do you, when you do these lists, and and, and I know that sometimes people look at what they are now rather than what they were in college, their right. name. Like, you don't have Patrick Mahomes anywhere. It's in the top 75. <laughs> it's like 50-something, and I'm sure people yeah. lose their minds. But how difficult is it sometimes to separate who they were in college rather than – Who they are now as maybe a star in the NFL.
3: Yeah, that's that's typically where stats can help because I was the first step. I mean, obviously it's not a just a stat exercise. I have my own memories, my own opinions, and everything else. Mm -hmm. But starting with the stats, like taking you know the top 100 passers of every year going back to 2000 and just kind of laying it all out and adjusting for era and kind of spitting out an initial ranking that is based purely on stats. That's kind of a good step for that because that's that you know I will I will move guys up and down from there, but Yeah, if you just started naming quarterbacks, then Patrick Mahomes would have probably been in the top 20. uh, But then you kind of adjust for everything you knew to adjust for. And I thought he had ended up in a more proper spot. He's clearly the best quarterback on earth at this exact moment in time. uh, But I was comfortable not putting him in the top 20 just because of arm talent uh, and adjusting for everything else.
4: Yeah, there's just so many blasts from the past on this list, uh, Bill. Ken Dorsey at 36. (laughs) And I. I don't like when I say this about him, I said this a lot, I'm not disparaging him. I'm, I'm telling you how good the rest of the team was. He was the yeah. worst player on the team. And, <laughs> and that's not bad. It's just like, if you, you probably ask him that, he probably say the same thing because those teams, especially in 2001 were so amazingly good.
3: Yeah. And I mean, the fact that he had almost threw for 10,000 yards, well, you know, rarely trailing, not ever having to throw all that many passes. Like when he was asked to throw, he did do a very good job of it. It was just, yeah, like some, you know, I, I, compared him to Mac Jones in the write-up. Mac Jones was almost perfect in 2020, but you know, he didn't even win the Heisman because everybody saw that his supporting and cast and thought, okay, well, somebody else should probably get this Heisman. But, um, yeah, those are, those are really hard. Like David Green, um, just kind of sneaked into the top 75, the old, uh, you know, who, when he finished his career at Georgia, I believe he was the winningest uh, quarterback in, I think it was SEC history. Um, you know, he could have been a lot higher. He threw for 10,000 yards and won a lot of games. So that one was kind of a tricky one, but his, he had a very good supporting cast too. So it's, it, it was hard to, to kind of separate accomplishment from raw talent and everything else. But you just lay out the stats in the record. He had to go pretty high.
5: You know, you have 75 and there are probably 130 that you, you had to kind of read <laughs> through It's part of like nominations for any kind of award. And then you get down to it. Was there somebody that once you went through it again and again and again, that kind of surprised you was as high, and I high I mean like in the top 15 or 20, That than you, might, you thought? Uh, well, I mean,
3: Baker definitely surprised me. When I set out doing this exercise from the start, I would have assumed he was kind of top 5-ish or top 10-ish. But once I just kind of laid out all the evidence, he ended up higher than I expected. Oh, Marcus Mariota was another one. Um, you know, he goes back, you know, going back and kind of laying out what he did over five thousand combined passing and rushing yards in 2014 alone, uh, winning the Heisman, taking Oregon to the national title game. That was one where I'd have probably guessed top 20 and not top 10. But it just it, you know it kind of like I said, when you start with the stats, it, you see them first, and it kind of just uh, that, that kind of shocked me a little bit. Um Robert Griffin the third, actually, you know, he ended up 10th. That was a tricky one. Uh, I, I don't know where I would have assumed he would end up at the at the start of the exercise, but based purely on statistics, you could almost justify it being a little higher than 10. Uh, so that one, I, I don't know if it's it – I probably doesn't sneak up on your readers, but I think for other readers, maybe it sneaked up on them a little uh, outside of Waco, at least.
5: Did that also – That and you mentioned this, that he took over a program when he got to Baylor. He and Art Bryles it, came in together that um, they were terrible, like – Bad and had been for a decade and a half. And what he did during his time there to get him to a bowl game, to then get him into a, a Heisman situation—how much did that influence the vote?
3: Yeah, I mean, having almost five thousand yards and fifty touchdowns as a, as a senior, but then also turning Baylor's. Uh, entire football program around not that he did it single-handedly or anything but yeah i mean i remember that 08 game when when you know he had signed and uh he was willing them to whatever the record was that first year four and eight five or seven i remember they lost to missouri but he was probably the best player on the field like that was a uh that was kind of a signal that things were going to change and then he just proceeded to get better and better for each of the next three seasons uh barring the stands the knee injury so that was just that was a fantastic career and and obviously he had the stats to back it up
4: now, I do notice that you did leave a Heisman trophy winner, a couple of them out of this, like um in, in that when you, like Chris Winkie not on the list, and he was right at the beginning he was two thousand so i I get that but like when when did you like have to get that line of like okay, these awards um in certain context of the year can't be weighted as much
3: yeah i'm trying to remember what the original criteria was if it, it was that you had to play at least half your career or at least two years in the two thousand so i don't think Winkie. Qu- quote-unquote qualified. Um, and I, and I want to say that Philip Rivers didn't either. That's why he's not on mm-hmm. there. So I don't – again, this was two years ago. I'm trying to remember what that specifically was. But, yeah, like that was – turn of the century guys were kind of weird because some of them did make the list, and I counted their 99 stats, and, and it, it got a little confusing. But that's that's my own fault for defining the parameters, I guess.
5: Did you ever look back at how many – and I this is just off the top of my head – what coach had the most quarterbacks among your top 75? Um, I don't remember coach, but I remember Oklahoma. I, yeah. The
3: OU football Twitter program put out a graphic when I first put out the list. of You know, all their different guys on there. So I know they – I'm pretty sure they had the most guys in the top 40 or 50. Uh, so maybe that means the answer is Stoops. But, I mean, Saban at this point, uh, you know, you think about what McCarron's on the list, Young's on the list, Mac Jones is on the list, Tua's on the list – all right, so he has a few on there himself,
5: I guess. And did you mention Bryce Young? Uh, you, you probably did. Yeah. 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 Uh, Colt yeah, McCoy right. at twelve. I, I he could. I think he could have been anywhere from like six, eight, seven, nine, whatever. Twelve. That's where he landed. Um, put up incredible numbers. Had they yeah. won and not been hurt against Alabama? Had they won that national championship? Would that have been like okay? You got to be a part of the top ten. <laughs>
3: Yeah, you think maybe adding a national title to his uh, overall resume. It was already a ridiculous resume. And I'm certainly, considering he was one spot ahead of Johnny Manziel, I think a lot of Texas and A&M fans noticed that ranking. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, he was obviously really close. I said, like, the top five or so could have been number one. You look at basically, what, like, six through 17. Any of those guys, down to, like, Matt Leinert or whatnot, any of those could have been in the kind of six, seven, eight range. This was a... This was a tricky exercise. I mean, you just list these guys out, you can probably come up with 25 guys you think should have been in the top 10, really.
5: By the way, former Baylor coach Art Bryles with three, Robert Griffin the III, uh, Case Keenum, and then uh, mm. Kevin Cobb was on the list as well from the two times that they were at the University of Houston. So,
3: uh, Bryce Petty was almost there. I mean, he oh. was one of the guys that was under consideration for that. There's a little clump of guys from about
5: 73 to 80, and Petty was in that list. You had Colin Klein, forty-one, Eric Crouch, forty-five. <laughs> Basically, almost the same. Maybe a little bit more power with Klein. With Crouch, had the d- dazzling speed in the Heisman Trophy. That those two are almost the same guys, aren't they?
3: Yeah, and I mean Colin Klein, I think that just um, the human third and four conversion. Uh, he, he was just so autom- automatic in those ways uh, that it made that team so dangerous they were so good and efficient in ways that you shouldn't be and so that's that certainly resonated I that stuck with me he, he was a tough guy to go again
5: Bill thanks for your time the lister. oh oh what was the feedback do you have comments after the story I'm not sure if that's <laughs> I can't even imagine yeah
3: because I mean we all think our quarterback was the best and so like you know Cincinnati fans have been mad because I didn't squeeze Desmond Ritter on there and, I, and he was certainly in that he was close um, but yeah, everybody has their favorite quarterback, and you know you you list them all out, you would have ended up with a top two fifty. So it was kind of this, this is an exercise that is designed to get everybody pretty fired up. you probably succeeding at that.
5: Bill, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. The project again on ESPN.com. The best quarterbacks, the top seventy five of the two thousands, and uh, to give you, you you saw the top ten, a few other names from the Big Twelve. Colt McCoy was twelve. Sam Bradford was 15. He mentioned Johnny Football, who was at a and in the Big 12 early, uh, but the SECs the year he won the Heisman Trophy. Jameis Winston-Paul was 16th. Yes. Jalen Hurts and Pat White in the top 30. Pat White, two names from Virginia because uh, Geno Smith's in the uh, like number 70.
4: Yeah, but Pat White would have been in the Big East, right?
5: Mm, maybe. I don't know. The, I don't have the timeline of that. But Oklahoma's just players yeah, everywhere.
4: 2005 to 2008, so he would have been in the in the previous conference. Okay,
5: Graham Harrell, who gets overshadowed at times with the numbers he put up at 34. Chase Daniel, part of the Big 12 when he was at Missouri. 05 to 08 is at 35. Here's a a couple of like more recent names: Max Duggan, 62; Zach Wilson, Brigham Will, Brigham Young at 63. Here's a guy that, uh, in fact, I mentioned this on uh, the chat room, Todd Reesing. We had him on during the Kansas run they had last year, the great run in football at 58. Patrick Mahomes, 57. There will be people that lose their mind over that, put up huge numbers, but it's not Patrick Mahomes post-college football, which he was a great college player, but who he was at Tech in Lubbock and not with the Kansas City Chiefs. They barely made a bowl game.
6: And, in fact, they didn't every year that he was at Texas Tech. I mean, I I think, was it his last year they didn't make one? I I don't think. It was like two of the three years he didn't make one, something along those lines. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Patrick was a great player, but he didn't have a whole great cast around him, coaching included, and they weren't a very good team overall. You know, they they destroyed Baylor when Baylor's coaching staff was basically halfway out the door during the whole, uh, you know, saga years ago. Um, that was a game that really just felt like they just showed up to collect a paycheck, quite frankly, and like let let's let the season die soon. And and Patrick Mahomes took full advantage of that. And he might have otherwise, even if they'd prepared in full and you know treated it like the Big Twelve Championship game, because he could do that to teams. But yeah, he let's not make it out like he was this magnificent megastar in the making when he was in Lubbock. You may have thought that if you watched him often enough, but generally it wasn't until he burst onto the scene with Kansas City that everybody's like oh my god this guy is just insane like he made insane plays but it wasn't it wasn't under the spotlight enough or they weren't winning enough to, to really take over the whole football world the way he would a few years later yeah, yeah.
4: But, and look cliff kingsbury's not a college head coach anymore yeah. because in large part and he was he was not let go until a, a couple years later but when they looked back and hear Patrick Mahomes is winning rookie of the year, or mm-hmm. not rookie of the year because he didn't start, but like doing what he did in his second year in Kansas City and Texas Tech was still middling at best, they said, Well, what are we doing here? And how come you have the, you know, about to be best player in the NFL and you didn't even get to a bowl game? It wasn't about Patrick Mahomes. It was about everything else around him, especially yeah. on defense.
5: A couple of guys from Oklahoma State were in the list Brandon Whedon at 71 and also Mason Rudolph was at 56, so there's a couple of schools, a couple of names for Texas Tech. Houston, I I, I believe we saw Brigham Young. Uh, there was no Cincinnati, and he mentioned the Desmond Ritter part. Uh, let's see. nothing. I mean,
6: from, definitely, you see, you see some quabbles with some of this. Yeah, no, it's, I it's, mean, it's, like, it's Baker hard. Mayfield's awfully high, man. He's above Vince have had Young. No, he's no. above Cam Newton. No. He's above Tim Tebow. Like, I think that Baker is, if anything, like Tebow lighter. you know, Um and I don't think their games are the exact same, but I don't know. Give me the guy who won a couple of titles uh, over the guy who, who didn't. But Baker, I, I say that, but Baker was awfully good. Like, don't get me wrong. He was the Heisman Trophy winner for a reason, and he ended up having an incredible career when all was said and done. But number one overall, no, I, that's that's I, one I disagree it with. It would have been
5: real hard for me to separate. I would have had Vince Young. I, that's me. Um, and, and and then I I think Colt McCoy would have probably been in my top ten just being honest about it. now. Um, do it yourself. You can sit there and see what Bill wrote. It's on ESPN.com. and go do yours. It's seventy five names. That's like what? Yeah. How I, in the hell do you have time to do yeah. that? But that's what he was doing.
4: This this is gonna shock you guys, but I would have Tebow higher than four. Well I was gonna say, I was gonna I mean, ask you like, four. I don't know I would have I mean like I would have him over who? Than, I would have him over I would Vince. have him over Baker. I would have him Vince would be my number one. Would you yeah. have him over Cam? I would have him over Cam, yes, because he of the would? two titles compared okay. to the one. You know, uh, now granted, in the first yeah, one because
5: you, here's the thing. And he mentioned Mayfield won because of his career, and yet Newton really was more of that big, big one year. Not that he didn't play yeah. a couple years at Auburn. So I would, I would
4: essentially, I, I think the top
5: four is probably about where it needs to be,
4: uh, or as, at least who's in it. I would probably just shuffle the deck a little bit more. Yeah. I think I would be Vince, Tebow, um, Cam, and Baker in that in that order personally. Yeah. But I think they're all. Justifiably in the top four, Cam only played
6: one year at Auburn.
5: Yeah, did yeah, I say two? The one year at Auburn. So yeah, he was at Florida. But, but his one that. year at Auburn was like Vince Young's 2005, and then yet Young had other a couple of years, even though they really never could find a way to help him make it click until I think finally they just let him rip. Just go be you, yeah. During your uh, during his junior year yeah. or well, what it is third. Year.
6: No, yeah, as a sophomore, he did, yeah. they beat Michigan to win the Rose Bowl, and then that launched him into his junior year, and they beat USC. So, I mean, he he might have struggled a little bit, just you know, getting the hang of things or being fully ready, <clears throat> you know, initially. But for three years, I mean, two of those <laughs> two Rose Bowl national title that's that was pretty big time for for Vy. It was just it was just boom. It was over in an instant. It felt like, but yeah, he's definitely got to be. Uh, top three, top five, and yeah, there's just some there's some minor things you could quibble over, like you know I saw uh, an argument over like, well Justin Fields should be this or that versus CJ Stroud, you know, like you get into your own like individual school comparisons and stuff too. So it's it's fun to see these. Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not a huge lover of lists because I just feel like we've been so inundated with them, especially in college sports where it's like all the time, like it's just everywhere you look. But uh, I do definitely respect Bill Connolly's work. And uh, even if I don't agree with everything, you know, as far as the rankings go, it's fun to look through and it's fun to see how people re- react to those. And it's not just, you know, I know with him, it's not just flung against the wall to get the reaction. It's, yeah. it's actually like, oh, I'm going to sit down and if people react, great, but this is my list. And I, I appreciate that.
4: I, I think Cam Newton, the decision to remove Cam Newton from the team at Florida probably derailed there, like, that was the Garrett Gilbert decision at at Texas. Where, well, they
5: didn't remove him, but you're, you're not comparing yeah, this. The sh- yeah, they did. Garrett Laptop. Gilbert. No, not Garrett yeah, Gilbert. Yeah, you but like, were like, no, no. no like it's the like same Nudan. thing. Yeah, no, Cam I Nudan. know you're talking about. It's you, a like, thing. Like, like you Garrett know. Gilbert eventually left. He yeah. transferred.
4: Yeah. But, like, the, the decision, like, for Texas to go all in on Garrett Gilbert, which everyone would have done, eventually undid them, even though they didn't. They didn't expect that, and no one would have. The decision to remove Cam Newton from the team, especially in hindsight, knowing what we know about other guys who were on that team compared to what Cam Newton did and to what they did was, is really peculiar um, because he, he stole somebody's laptop, not good, and should have been disciplined for it, but there were guys on that team doing far worse stuff than throwing, stealing a laptop uh, than Cam Newton that stayed and that decision kind allegedly of, <laughs> yeah,
5: derailed them. Uh, St. Dominic's Rosary, I don't put system quarterbacks on the list. Was it the quarterback or the system? Okay, let me ask you this. Which quarterback
4: has succeeded in lieu of their awful system? What quarterback ever? I hate this argument because it's so dumb. Nobody is out there with a horrible coach calling terrible plays and all of a sudden winning freaking Heisman's. It doesn't happen. They're all system quarterbacks. All 75 people on this list are system quarterbacks. Eric
5: Crouch at Nebraska was a system quarterback because they ran the option and whatever you want to call it. And that's why he was there. It made sense to him.
6: Yeah, I mean, they're all system quarterbacks, but I understand what that person's saying is that you can just plug some guys into a system that's pretty good, and they could be a lot better on paper than they actually are because of the system that they're in, whereas if you look at it individually. But the problem is it's hard to look at it individually because they're in those systems. So how could you differentiate? Like, you just have to go off eye test and say, well, Vince Young's clearly the superior athlete to Johnny Football, but, like, the systems are what made them who they are. Johnny playing for Cliff Kingsbury made him, and vice versa, the players, the coach that they were. Uh, Vince playing in a different system is probably not Vince. You know, He doesn't have the freedom to run around and do all that he did. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand the angle, but like it's, it's impossible to really yeah. differentiate that.
5: Vince could have actually flourished – Maybe a year earlier, if somebody had gotten him and allowed him just well, to be who he is, like Mac Brown had been, just just go be you, well, go be yourself. That's what they figured out, right? Was that Mac yeah. Brown and uh, stop worrying about trying to change the way yeah. he throws the football, whatever yeah. else. Just go, just go be Vince. I, I, yeah. This is an. I quickly, I see what you did here on the chat room, Quinn yours. Quinn yours. Did you hear that? Um, based on the fact you can kind of. Just find whatever you are and who you are after a year, of course, of struggles throughout most of last year at the University of Texas. So when we discussed how Vince, we're not comparing Quinn Ewers to Vince Young, but just the fact that you can mature and get things right and, and figure it out the next year. Whether that happens remains to be seen. Nothing wrong with a few clickbait lists from Juan m That's what lists do. They're They're fun. They get discussion. And yet, you know, they are going to get... People to to get involved because of the love of college football.
6: Yeah, and you know it's not as though he's dropping one every single day. <laughs> you know, like that's what I mean about he's Bill. Done Buzzfeed. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean it's that's not like Bill's just like up oh, this. is throw the list out there and get the reactions and just tally those up at the end of the day. Like you know, I, I know I've already seen plenty of people that disagree with his list, but no, I mean there's definitely those kind of clickbaity ones. I I tend to find this one just to be like, hey, it's the off season. And it's the middle of you know May and hey, let's revisit something that I did a few years ago. But yeah, be be mindful of those because there's definitely probably more of of that type of thing out there than, than anything else. Um, you know, just whatever generates clicks and we try to avoid that as much as possible. Um, but even when you do, and you can be very intentional in doing that, people still accuse you of it because it's just like what they default to. But I, I don't think this was... This is all that click-baity.
5: Uh, Bill, by the way, mentioned, and, and Scotty B on Bryce Petty, he was like right outside the list. Bryce Petty, I think, could no doubt be a part of that top 75. Vernon with the yawn and probably emojis. Got, we did mention Todd Reesing from KU.
6: Probably got, um, you know, Petty could have had that system quarterback label, for example, playing Petty, in that yeah. uh, Baylor yep. offense.
5: All right, uh, so when we come back, 423 is the time. Many things to get to. A couple other topics to get to. At Bob Thompson at the top of the hour, he's been on Twitter today discussing a few things when it comes to the news on the Big Ten having some loose ends. So to speak, I guess you could say, with uh, some of the T's not crossed, the I's aren't dotted. Jim Williams came in today into the chat room. Jim, I asked him the question. I think at one point used to know and was a part of negotiating the Big Ten uh, championship game details. This is 365 Sports. IdealMRI.com, Dr. Rob Maxey and his partners have done an amazing job in Waco, Texas with Ideal MRI. MRIs in the Central Texas Marketplace. It's uh, a chance, two things. One, to find out, get evidence of what is hurting you to the point where You can't function. You can't sleep. You can't even work. Well, you can't function means you can't do a lot of things. It just hurts. You're limping or you're slouched over. You can't find a comfortable place to just lay down because it's maybe your hip or your thigh or your knee or your shoulder or neck. Their MRI machine was going to find out what hurts, why it hurts, what it is, whether it's a a ligament and a muscle. And it's also going to cost you $497 or less. Every single time. Every single time. What an incredible job that they've done with Dr. Rob Maxey and Ideal MRI. I've used them. They have helped me. And I've never spent more than four ninety seven dollars on an MRI. And sometimes it has been less at IdealMRI.com. Cars priced right both day and night. Average car in
1: Texas. Trucks built for you. Red, white, and blue. Average your car in Texas. Cars that zoom with lots of room. Average your car in Texas. Count on us, a dealer to
4: trust. Average your car in Shorty's Pizza Shack at 12th and Bagby is a homegrown, locally owned pizza place that's out of this world. Everything from the dough, the sauce, the sausage topping is made fresh in-house. Not to mention the amazing pizza pillows, the chicken wings are to die for, try the Sikkim sauce, chili cheese fries or tots, plus great specials on food and drink every single day. Shorty's is also the perfect spot to watch the game with your friends. Shorty's Pizza Shack at 12th and Bagby. Tell them
5: Paul sent you by. Petty Clinic Men's Healthcare in Woodway is now proud to offer you men an exceptional weight management body sculpting product called semaglutide, also known as Ozempic or Wegovi. Semaglutide is an FDA-approved weight management medication. Once-a-week injections of this powerful medication offers an average body fat weight loss of 20% within the first year of treatment. In addition to body sculpting, semaglutide also normalizes blood sugars and has the clinical research proof of reducing blood pressure, cholesterol, stroke, and heart attack risk. If you're like most men and you have stubborn fat that will just not respond to typical diets and exercise, then help us finally hear. Semaglutide, affordable, highly effective. Google search Petty Clinic Waco and reach out to the Petty Clinic team today for a free consultation with Dr. Petty to see if semaglutide is right for you. Go to PettyClinicLowT.com.
6: Let Camille Johnson Realtors guide you seamlessly through the process of buying your dream home or selling your current one. Commercial, farm and ranch, or residential, Camille Johnson Realtors can smoothly and successfully lead you through any transaction. With a team of 28 experienced agents who are excited about serving you, Camille Johnson Realtors services the entire Greater Waco area. If you're in the market to buy or sell, contact Camille Johnson Realtors, 104 Midway Center in Woodway, or find them online at www.camillejohnson.com. Camille Johnson Realtors, elegant, charming,
5: Stepping into a new pair of boots is great, but stepping into the boots of a U.S. Army officer can also add confidence and leadership skills to your son or daughter's career path. There are more than 150 occupational specialties to help them find the best fit for their future. See all the things your son or daughter can achieve in our boots at GoArmy.com. U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543
1: This is 365 Sports powered by Sikkim365.com The 4
2: o'clock hour is sponsored by Boozer's Jewelers, the wedding ring store, specializing in custom jewelry and repair, all in-house.
1: Now, here's David Smoke, Paul Catalina, and Craig
5: Smoke. So the next time you do something pretty good and somebody have been kind of maybe barking at you, this is NBA for like just 20 seconds or so, because I know we don't discuss that very much. This was in game two, I think, when the Heat beat the Celtics in Boston, and Williams had been kind of talking a little bit to Jimmy Butler, who has had an amazing run in the postseason. And look at the, and, and they let him do this. There was no technical fouls. There was no double technical fouls. They both got in each other's grill. No other thing. They butted heads a little bit, and they let him walk away. And one of the Boston players kind of got Williams and and, and pulled him out of the way. They poked the bear. I believe, with Jimmy Butler in the Miami Heat. both the conference
4: final series have been uh, runaways. Denver is running us 3-0 up on the Lakers. The Heat are 3-0 up on the Celtics. So getting that classic old 1980s uh, rivalry going back again in the finals is not going to happen.
6: Yeah, for those who for some reason care about the network's feelings over the TV ratings, like I, I, I could care less that ESPN is going to lose money on the matchup, but, yeah, I mean, if you were rooting for ESPN to get the best matchup possible, then Lakers-Celtics would have been pretty good, and they're not going to get probably either one of those uh, based on where we are now um, because, yeah, the, the other two are, are running away with this thing. Uh, but yeah, Jimmy Butler is a B-A-M-F. Uh He is, <laughs> he is uh, legitimately that. And you know, Williams made a shot or two, and you know, started feeling like it was time to bark at Jimmy and kind of start trash talking. And you know, initially it seemed like maybe it would work out okay, and then it was like it flipped a switch, and in Butler, and he uh, he took it to another level. And I think it's it's kind of strange though that like one of his teammates pointed out afterwards, is he thrives off of that trash talking. Wouldn't you think that the Celtics should probably come together and realize, like, hey, let's not get in his face? Let's yep. just, like, not say anything. Like, make him have to f- feed his own energy because he very clearly feeds off of it from others. And he very much fed off of that uh, little interaction with uh, with Williams there. But that was, you know, fun to watch. It looked... Uh, Looked like maybe the Celtics would grab one, and uh, you know, instead, it's it's been impressive to see how Miami's just turned on the Jets, and on the other side, uh, same thing uh, with Denver over Los Angeles so far. So yeah, we we have a pretty clear finals that's developing here uh, between Miami and um, and uh, Denver. Yesterday
5: in Game Three, when the, the Heat destroyed Boston, there was a point in the game when Miami scored and probably led by just pick a number, and Butler went down like almost on a knee and put up the T sign. Because earlier this year, Al Horford um, hit a shot, and the Celtics were blowing up in a game against Miami, and he did it. So there's Butler again feeding off something that occurred a long memory and being able to then turn it around and use it yesterday. Those two series are up 3 nothing. We'll discuss that more with Off the Radar throughout the rest of the week, Has, whoever, however long these series continue to go. Now, a couple of notes. Um, Big 12 fans, Baylor fans, and really almost everybody but Kansas fans, uh, never a big fan of John Higgins, who's a 35-year veteran official. I'm going to tell you this, and Baylor fans, you will hate me, and that's fine. I've watched him when I've been at games. I have not watched maybe when it's on TV because you don't get the whole picture, but whenever I've been in person at a game, wherever it's been, I've always thought that John Higgins manages a game, handles a game incredibly well. That does not overcome, Paul, the block charge in the Duke game, correct? No, no, probably It will never never
4: overcome. Probably never.
5: So that's what he's known for, Baylor fans. And Big 12 fans have always thought that he's given Kansas... A pretty good share. How about the fact like, Kansas has also just been damn good?
4: Although, look, Kansas fans don't think he. he yeah, they don't. I think he's just going. I think he probably means he's doing his job. I, I've always thought he's a pretty good official. Um, you know, I think he he's a little bit. Um, he's not like a. A Major League Baseball, like, umpire showman. But he, he's got a little showmanship to him. He's in control him. of the scene. Yeah, so I think that that's what irritates people a little bit. But I don't,
5: uh, you know, I don't, I, don't. I, I don't know. I'm going to tell you this. I've watched him in person two or three dozen times. I've never, I you know, I, he kind of has a, almost a suave smoothness to him. But I've never, you know, no matter what, I've only, from my experience, thought he handled the games pretty well but I do know that the blocked and charge call no matter what he does he could make a call to reverse that for Baylor to win a national championship or their second one and it would probably never overcome Duke but, Baylor
4: like and the way that they mess with that rule so much alone I don't really blame him for getting out and moving into a consulting kind he's of he's going to
5: be a coordinator of officials yeah. basketball officiating consortium in the western part of the United States how about this for a guy that's probably no good or me people don't think he's any good 35 years in the business Twenty-nine NCAA tournaments he has officiated. Nine of the last 14 Final Fours and two championship games. Um, That's pretty good for a guy that a lot of people don't like. The Big 12, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas remain, and they're the best three softball teams in the conference. All three of them are moving into the – Next round, the regional round, to eventually see who gets to the College World Series in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma-Clemson, Oklahoma State-Oregon, Texas will play two UTs. Texas and Tennessee will battle it out. In the men, in baseball, Texas had to sweep West Virginia to get a piece of the tie, the tie for the Big 12 regular season title. West Virginia had had a really good year, and sure enough, UT did. They swept them. So UT, the number one seed, headed into the baseball tournament up at, 18, uh, up at uh, excuse me in Arlington. Oklahoma State, the number two seed in West Virginia, is the number three seed. So there's a little summary of baseball and softball in the Big 12. Now, this is an interesting story that I'd like to bring up attention. Paul, you read this story, Craig. I don't know if I shared this with both of you or not. Nebraska football is going to host a transfer portal camp for post-graduates i i would think others have done this i think california colorado were a couple of them so how does this work
4: well i mean if you're in the portal and you're a grad transfer you you head on up to lincoln and get yourself to the camp uh and you know then people can come and watch you and you'll get some tape and and all of that so you can send out to people at
5: this camp and, remember vince Ginta? used mm-hmm. to be at baylor now they're a player personnel and also recruiting coordinator or director. Uh, he's He was quoted in this article by Chris Hummer uh, quite a bit, but they're going to have like a little basically transfer portal camp. You, could you do that? Can you do that? You can't do that with those who are not grad transfer.
6: It's all post-graduates. Yeah, yeah.
5: that's what I'm saying. That, that's what yeah. I was asking. I, there's no way you could get around that. So he's going to be at a camp at Mary Harden Baylor, I think that first week in June, And then the week after that, that's when they also have that fullback camp. But a transfer portal for postgraduates, there may be five who show up or might be 50. Who knows? Does that give them any advantage that they're the ones hosting that event?
6: I mean, I don't know. I feel like if you're a guy who's going to a postgraduate camp that something went wrong along the way to where you're not already landing somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just my opinion on it. Uh, Maybe it's like the NFL draft and quality players fall through the cracks and go undrafted. But I feel like even those players was a pretty good profile on them, and some of them are borderline NFL college uh, or you know uh, or not players, and that's why they go undrafted. And there's some fringe guys that maybe should have got drafted in the seventh round, but you know the Packers wanted to get cute and you know draft this guy, Mister Irrelevant, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we see, I think we see a lot of throwaways sometimes in those those last couple of rounds. Like it's like let's let's get cute and draft like. The guy Rico gathers. Yeah. Like let's just draft this guy. Cause it's a fun story. Not that we could really use like a guy who's played tight end for four years at a division one university, but let's get the basketball player. So yeah, there's things like that that sometimes happen. And that's one spot taken up. So that's one less guy that gets drafted. That probably should have been. So there are people that fall through the cracks, but I mean, is this a game changer? I, I don't think so. I think it's just trying to, you know, maximize the rules and maximize what you can do in terms of finding talent and you know if you find a guy who makes a difference for you then it was well worth it um but if you don't then you know at least you probably learn something along the way and you either make this an annual thing or you don't uh don't revisit it but uh, i don't know it's it seems like uh you know an interesting idea and maybe something you know is able to uh able to come from their efforts
5: one of the things that this includes when we think about the transfer portal of schools autonomy five or the g5s whatever this could be for someone who's in the transfer portal, who's graduated from an NAIA school, or from a Division II school, or a junior college, who might have eligible well, have eligibility, obviously, and then maybe, like you said, just somebody that wow, and 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 if anything, it doesn't mean you're going to get a scholarship, but you might get a walk on opportunity well, at whatever school it's going to be.
4: Well, yeah, I, I just I, I don't think like there's no negatives for Nebraska on this. No, you know, I mean, like it's all. All pluses, I mean maybe they maybe they find somebody, it's it's good PR for them. Um it's gonna let their coaches see more players up close and anybody yeah, there's no
6: you know if you can do it, why not? Yeah, they're not the first like there's yeah. other schools have allowed post-graduates. So yeah. like this is not as though they're the very first to do this. I guess it's just, you know, it's interesting it's Matt Rule and it's uh it's advertising it a little bit, but um, you know, they're they're not uh reinventing the wheel here. They're just doing it in more of, I guess, a you know, it's more public or more well-known, more advertised, like I said. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be gr- high school graduates that will be a part of this camp, apparently. And, and so it's um, it's a little mixture of, of things, but mostly the focus there on, that, uh, on those post-graduates. And, you know, again, we'll see if anything comes from that. They've long been known for their walk-on program, mm-hmm. even though that yep. was a couple of decades ago now at this point. We're still revisiting the glory years of – You know, what Tom Osborne had... I mean, that's been over and done for a long time, but it's smart on Matt Rule's part to, to go up there and try to you know rekindle something there as best he can because there was absolutely an advantage to you know having those guys on that roster, um, and you can't do it exactly the way you could do it back then, um, but he's trying to find ways to make them better, and whether that's copying something that somebody else has done or coming up with something entirely new, doesn't matter to me if I'm a Nebraska fan. I'm just hoping they find some talent well, with this camp God, or wherever else they look. They right?
4: need it, and, and I'll throw this out there. What if... Um. So, say you need three spots on the
6: roster, right? When, when by the time this camp's and there, it, 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 sorry, Paul. To be clear, this is just the first time they said like this is a post-graduates yeah. camp. My like, yeah. post-graduates have been able to work at a camp, but this is a post-graduates yeah. camp. Yeah. In Colorado, Which is a and Colorado and Cal
5: apparently have done this or have done this or have it on the schedule but, too.
4: But if I'm on, if I'm June twentieth, and I need three guys on the roster. I need you know somebody who's going to be my third guard and somebody who's going to be a safety and all that. And I'm getting down to brass tacks. I maybe want some. Just give me some grad transfers in there that might make me feel better than, than anything else. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it could work out well for you that you have somebody with some experience in there. Now, maybe like you said earlier, Craig, that these guys aren't, weren't exactly ripping it up when they left, but you do feel better about them. Kind of like Baylor and, and the Luke Anthony, the quarterback that they got from Louisiana Tech last year, that the, the intent was, Luke Anthony should never play in a game. If he does, right. it's probably bad. But if it's that scenario, we've at least got a guy here who is capable of Who's doing taking it. Snaps is taking snaps, and yeah. it's not. Uh, you don't have to, you know, shrink down the playbook or anything like that. I think that that's worth it. And look, it, it, it's also to be noted that you know Matt Rule is, is a big walk-on guy as well. I mean, he yeah. he appreciates that. So walk-ons, grad transfers, people who fall through the cracks, he kind of prides himself on 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 being able to kind of find those guys.
5: All right, let's 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 break here and come back. 442 is the time. There's a note uh, from Barrett Sports Media. I get their newsletter. I don't know if it's every day, but it's, it's several times during the week. Here's the quote. If people can ditch cable and still have ESPN and everything that comes with it, cable providers are about to witness a bloodbath. We'll come back with that and, and Bob Thompson.
6: Completely disagree.
5: Well, that's a tease. We'll come back with that and more. Bob Thompson will join us a little after 5. David Hellman at 5.30. Paul's top five in just over an hour. And this is 365 Sports. Waco Custom Marketplace. I was there today. Uh, I got some bone and ribeyes cut for me, and I came by and went by there on Lake Air Drive, picked them up, and I got them big and thick bone and ribeyes. So I then wrapped them myself individually. freeze, uh, uh, What do you call it? I took the air out of them, frozen, and put them in the deep freeze. Also got two pounds of shrimp, got a couple of bacon-wrapped belays. I got some salmon, and I'm set now for the next few weeks without question of what I put on the grill and enjoy. Waco Custom Marketplace at 425 Lake Air Drive. I I was there, I got a tub of like eight or nine. I mean, these were some big big pieces of brisket, and there's one tub that has corn, red potatoes, king crab legs, craig legs shrimp, and then right across you've got oil or what you need and all the seasonings you need if you want any kind of a crawfish boil. So all of that available at Waco Custom Marketplace on Lake Air Drive. The Bauer family, you can get a can of Rotel tomatoes or you can get yourself a pie. They have the bakery and the butcher shop, full throttle, Open Monday through Saturday, Waco Custom Marketplace with Memorial Day coming up at 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco.
11: Automatic Chef Canteen is a full-service micromarket vending and office coffee provider with state-of-the-art vending equipment, a wide variety of products, and offering custom-fitted micromarket vending
14: office coffee solutions for your employee break room. You want a full break room solution and a workplace oasis? Well, Automatic Chef Canteen, locally owned and operated for over 50 years in Central Texas, also includes in-house mechanics on call 24-7 for fast, reliable service and maintenance. Automatic Chef Canteen, $6,900 Imperial Drive
1: in Waco or online at automaticchefcanteen.com.
5: Don Humidor, you're home with a 48-foot walk-in humidor with the elite cigar brands from around the world, including the number one cigar of the year, Aging Room, Cuatro, Nicaragua. Plus, they have the great brands like Macanudo and Arturo Fuente, Rocky Patel, Aston, and so much more. CBD, great for sore muscles, aches and pains, sleep, vita dreams, and anxiety, mild depression, general health and wellness. Their staff very knowledgeable on the subject. If anyone is curious about C B D, ask Carolyn Ashley. Don Schumanor in the Talwes Shopping Center off Valley Mills in Waco.
4: one size fits all that may be all right for an adjustable belt or chief sunglasses when it comes to your financial needs no one wants a one size fits all strategy cam heathcott your edward jones financial advisor knows that his most important goals are yours that's why we take the time to understand your needs knowing you that's how edward jones makes sense of investing cam heathcott in conroe at 936-756-7717 edward jones member sipc
5: Three Nations Brewing Company has 16 different beers on draft with a new beer every Friday. It also offers two air-conditioned tap rooms, a large indoor beer hall, a second-floor mezzanine offering a great overview of the brewing company and equipment and patio where you can relax under the shade. Plus, you can now experience the new Three Nations Beer Garden Grill on our shaded patio. Grab a cold beer and enjoy a bite from our freshly prepared and delicious menu. Street tacos, quesadillas, freshly cooked burgers and dogs, and veggie burgers, too. Nachos and so much more all prepared and cooked on site. So come visit the award-winning Three Nations Brewing Company on East Vandergrift off I-35 in Carrollton.
6: In the market for a quality metal building? Since 1943, Pioneer Steel & Pipe has helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal building design, panel options, building components, and trim options. Pioneer Steel & Pipe's residential line is energy efficient, offers low maintenance, reduces insurance payments, is impact resistant, and carries up to a 45-year limited warranty. In addition, they can also help you find a metal building contractor for your project. Pioneer Steel & Pipe with locations in Waco and Bryan and at Pioneersboys.com.
5: Boozer's is the wedding ring store and more. If you're ready to get engaged or already married and want to upgrade your wife's ring for a special anniversary, Boozer's is the place to go. With the largest selection of premier quality diamond engagement rings and wedding rings in Central Texas. They have seven cases with over 300 styles of rings from top designers like Natalie Kay. Choose from yellow, white, or rose gold plus beautiful top quality loose diamonds. With an in-house jewelry, they can also custom make anything you want. Bring in a picture or drawing and let Boozers create your one-of-a-kind pendant or ring. They can even use some of your old gold and diamond jewelry to create something new. At Boozers, you'll find a great selection of quality timepieces, and Boozers is the place for expert watch maintenance and repairs, too. They specialize in expert Rolex watch repair for fine jewelry, watches, custom work, and more. Go to Boozers on Valley Mills and Lake Air Drive in Waco.
12: Boozers, the way-
1: This is 365 Sports. Want more updates during the day? Follow 365 Sports YT on Twitter. Thank
5: you, all of you who are watching us, listening to us, involved in the chat room, also involved. The text line is also available, 254 339 Our good friend Michael Campbell, who's a big, huge uh, Notre Dame fan, also covers them. Mentioning uh, Everett Golson was another failure for Brian Kelly. So Ian Book isn't on the list who was the quarterback for the Brian Kelly, Tommy Reese era. So he's just, he does not in any way, shape, or form like Brian Kelly.
4: No. Uh, well, Brian Kelly is the all time winningest coach at Notre Dame, but has nothing. But those actual wins to show for it for the fans, um, he he got him into the the BCS, he got him in to the college football playoff, but didn't win. Uh, so for a no name fan, yes, he won a lot of games, but he did not get them back to the mountaintop. He got them really close. People passed them on the way to the mountaintop. Clemson has, Alabama has, uh, and. So I think that's what probably, and I, you know, I don't want to just speak for all Notre Dame fans here, but I think that's probably what irritates them about Brian Kelly, and then the fact that you know Jack Swarbrick kind of made it clear when Brian Kelly left and went to LSU that that everybody was kind of fine with that, that they had they had they had gone as far together as they were they were both willing to go, and Brian Kelly left, uh, so they have a coach that they they're really enthusiastic about right now, Marcus Freeman, as well. They should be, but yeah, I can I can tell that there'll probably be some some bitterness down the line
5: all right so um barrett sports media they do a hell of a job of distributing stories about media whether it's the recent news with pat mcafee and then a lot of it is radio am and fm radio and, and podcast whatever but this was something i noticed that they put up if people and this is about espn in 25 or 26 going direct to consumer when they are able to do that, and when it's time to do it. That's been a story that's been out there for quite some time. If people can ditch cable and still have ESPN and everything that comes with it, cable providers are about to witness a bloodbath. A lot of people have cable. And I don't know how many it
4: is, but a lot of people have cable just because that's where you get ESPN. It's the most expensive thing that's not a premium channel, It costs $10 a month for you to have ESPN on your cable. There was a
5: time 30 years ago that probably was true for me. That is not why I have cable now. No, but
4: that is – it costs $10 a month for ESPN. So, you know, it's more for HBO, but HBO is its its own kind of a thing. But it costs $10 a month, so that's why they think that a lot of people will say, well, I've been doing this and paying for, you know – all these other channels I don't watch just so I can have ESPN. If they can go right to ESPN, I just don't know if that's necessarily true because I do think that the way that streaming has kind of been in flux for the, the first, you know, few years of it being, and it's only since everybody's had their own that it's been more than just Netflix and Amazon. But since, you know, Hulu and Disney Plus and all these other stuff have come out, it's so much in flux that, you know, cable is just more consistent and easier to use right now so
5: i don't know craig if All right, it's gonna... Craig, you said you would disagree
6: well i, I want to hear more of the argument it says that you're just saying if people can ditch cable and still have ES, okay i guess you want to read that quote because i don't think you uh, a
5: direct to, to consumer espn could spell doom for other networks and this is from an article i don't have the whole thing in front of me
6: well, I mean, without some more context on the actual, because like you know, it could be a headline, and the opinion of the article is actually like, but it's not because surprise, like nobody's. So yeah, I mean, just going off the headline, that's like very doomy and gloomy. Um, but I could walk outside and get hit by a truck, you know. Like we we just don't quite know. Um, but you know, I don't. I've, I've just seen the whole ESPN direct to consumer. Like Andrew Marshan's really big on talking about this and has been predicting it for a while. Um, I've seen, though, a lot of the the guys that uh, we follow that have worked in the cable business that aren't so sure that this is – this massive tsunami coming in where everybody's suddenly going to ditch cable because ESPN's now standalone and we're all just going to have the ESPN direct-to-consumer instead. I mean, how much are y'all all all willing to pay for TV at this point? Because I'm getting to a point here where I don't watch probably one-tenth of what like Paul does, for example, and I'm sitting here going, you know what, my bill's a little bit too high. I don't need five different streaming services to watch five shows. Maybe I'll just watch a couple shows and have a couple streamers and I'll just catch up on the others when they hit You know, in full on like Apple TV one day or something like that. Because if all of a sudden you're going to tell me that I'm going to have to start watching sports by buying it basically individually by the league or by the game or whatever then I'm out, man. Like, I'm out on a lot of it. I'm out on, like, 90% of it because most of the sports that I watch comes via cable. Um, I'm not opposed to cord cutting, but I just don't have a real reason to do it right now because I've calculated it, and all that would come back to be pretty much equal. So why ditch what I already know and I can kind of, can you know, can use, like, the back of my hand versus hopping around on streamers if I, if I can get what all I need to? So... I don't know. I, I think we're more of in a combination world now. I think there will still be those who have cut cords, and and you know, plenty more that will probably do so. And then there will be plenty of people who, for whatever the situation they're in, maybe it's where you live, like where I live. They've already got a built-in cable, you know, uh, deal. So I didn't really have a whole lot of choice over that. Even if I did, I thought about it. I wouldn't ditch it because I'm like watching the NBA games, and I'm like, this would screw up if I was having to watch what via Hulu or. ESPN Plus, and there was a what was the game the other night that froze on streaming? On YouTube TV, yeah, YouTube TV froze up, and I don't know. That's not commonplace, but that's you know that can happen too. That's so it's never not like happened it's perfect. to us. No, it's not like it's perfect, but. I just, I've seen this and it's almost like this ominous type of thing of like cable's about to die, which we've been hearing for years and years at this point. And look, one day it's probably going to be true. And yes, we are on a road where it's less popular than it ever was before. But I, I just don't buy that everybody's like, oh, well, ESPN standalone. That's all I needed. I'm out now on cable, and there's just going to be millions of people cutting the cord because ESPN's all of a sudden direct-to-consumer. I I don't believe that.
5: Well, Bob Thompson, he can help get his feedback on this as well. If people can ditch cable, let me finish this up. Uh, Cable providers are about to witness a bloodbath. With the rise of streaming services and the collapse of the regional sports network model outside of very select markets, how do you justify paying for cable when you get a TV antenna, subscribe to a smattering of Netflix, Paramount Plus, Hulu, HBO Max, and ESPN, and have eighty-five percent of the stuff you want watched covered for half the cost.
6: It's not half the cost, it's though. Not, though. It's not. That's a. That's not because, true. Because look, um, if you e- have all those, yeah.
4: ESPN, when they go direct to consumer, it's going to be more than ten bucks. Exactly. It's right. It's going to be dude. more than ten exactly. bucks. It's
6: going to be like a hundred bucks.
4: So it's going to be. It's going to be for the year. You're going to look at. I think you're probably, and they're going to have tears. They'll, they'll have tears. All right, so if they go so,
5: direct to consumer, you still get them on cable, right?
4: Well, I mean, they're still going to be on cable. I mean, that's, but they're going to offer the direct to consumer to where everything. You could right now. Right out. now, Sports Center's not on
6: ESPN. That's you the thing. This sport. isn't ESPN leaving cable. Yeah. yeah. This right. is ESPN still getting its cake on cable and, and then also going and, and getting some more yeah, cake so, on their own standalone service. So, yeah, so
4: even if you buy a bundle from Hulu, ESPN, and, and Disney Plus, which that will go up in price. Let's just say that's generously thirty-five dollars a month. The bundle. The bundle. Okay. Okay, so then you're gonna get Paramount Plus, which is has tiers. So let's say you you get the the, the lowest one, which would be like eight ninety nine or nine ninety nine. So there's another ten that's forty five. Okay, you've got HBO, you got what's now going to be called max, which We'll have tiers, but look, if you're an HBO person, you don't like commercials, so you're going to pay the full uh, $14 a month or $15 now a we're month. At now, we're at, now we're at $60, $65. Okay. Bucks. Uh, then you throw in Netflix, which is uh, what uh, $19. $19. I think it's 19 so it's So now you're at $20 a month. So that's, now you're 85 and you're getting back into what are the lower-tier cable packages now.
6: Here's the thing, Paul. If you want to watch the Big Ten, you need at least three streamers now. Yeah. Just to watch the Big Ten. Yeah. So then, you know, you want to go add add another one for uh, the SEC games. Like, if I want to watch college football right now, I can just watch it on cable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, there's a a game on ESPN Plus I can't see, okay? But, you know, that's fine. I'll pay the ESPN Plus, Hulu bundle, or whatever. There's a game on, like, Big Ten Network or Pac-12 Network I can't see. I understand, but, you know, some have them built in. Some of them don't. But, you know, I can still see the majority of the games. And the biggest game is on cable right the biggest games always on cable yeah. so you know i know i'm not going to miss out oh, on the big games
5: although there's some game that they're putting they're going to put on streaming that was a ma- it's a massive game i can't remember oh it's that. it's that playoff game the nfl playoff game that Right, but do yeah that i'm with. talking yeah. more like college football sure, and stuff.
6: Sure. i mean i don't i don't need all of those streaming services to watch the majority of the college football that i want to watch i'm not saying like it's direct to consumer is not happening it's absolutely and very clearly it's happening i just don't think that the whole is this is the end yeah. of like I just think I that that's that's a little bit off base, but you know a lot of the other parts of it, yeah, certainly there's there's changing tides and uh, some people are moving away or moving towards that, and that could very well be the next big thing. But the death of cable, I'm just not buying. that Let part me read
5: of it. three or four of the chat and then we break and come back with Bob Thompson from Paxton ESPN Plus buffers all the damn time, all the time. Uh, Sergeant Pickles, thirteen cord cutting makes sense of if you already have a lot of other streaming services um let's see here uh
6: i think it probably about evens out ultimately when said and done like i mean depending on how much tv you watch now if you if you don't watch that much and there's only a couple of shows that you really watch like streaming probably is the way to go but if you're somebody who likes live sports of a, v- a wide variety or lots of tv shows yeah you probably still have hbo max you probably still have your netflix but you know cable does take up a lot of that and my bill's just I don't know about everybody else but mine's just reasonable enough that I don't feel like oh my god if I don't get this albatross off my bill soon then I'm just going to yeah. you know and, I don't I don't have that so And
5: I have mentioned that I have and I've cut back the one thing I do need though is the internet which I'm sure there are other options I know there are Paxton Smokey do you use Rabbit Ears I did back when I was like 5 uh, and I I understand that that is an option let's talk with Bob Thompson in the next segment former Fox executive uh, and his thoughts about the big Ten with some of the loose ends that have not been tied up and is any of that really newsworthy to him? and what does it mean? this is three sixty five sports
4: i uh I got as a gift from from someone close to me a a, a whiskey decanter and uh, it's empty right now, and I need to go fill that with some delicious craft locally uh sourced. Texas bourbon, and I will do that by going to Riverbend Liquor and Wine at Lakeshore Drive and North 19th Street uh, behind the bank. They have the best selection of locally sourced uh, bourbons that you can find there. If you're into, you know, Balconies, Devil's River, uh, Garrison Brothers, man, I've really become a fan of Garrison Brothers lately. They've got some really great stuff and they've got all the varieties, every kind of, every time there's a different flavor, you know, different brand launch that they have, they've got it there at Riverman Liquor and Wine. Speedy drive-through window. great customer service. I say that all the time, and I cannot echo that enough. I have never gone in there and and gotten bad service. I've never gone in there and not gotten speedy service. I've never gone in there, and even if they're out of what I want, they can pretty much tell me when they're going to have it back, if they're going to have it back, or if it's just a limited release, and I missed my window. Unbelievable what they do there. River and Liquor Wine, Lakeshore Drive, North 19th Street. Check them out on DoorDash.
1: It's Jeep season at Allen Samuels in Waco, and the deals on Jeeps are hot. Get a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited with $5,500 in total values or a 2023 Jeep Gladiator Sport with total values up to $5,000. Or if that's not enough, get a 2023 Jeep Compass with 5.9% for 72 months plus $2,000 in total values plus $500 bonus cash to first responders. Find the Jeep that's right for you at Allen Samuels in Waco you <takes noise>
5: Baco Custom Marketplace is your hometown grocery store with a full-service butcher shop and bakery. Hi, this is David Smoke. The butcher shop can take your customized orders for seafood, pork, and poultry, and custom-cut your favorite steaks from bacon-wrapped fillets to T-bone to bone-in-ribeyes. Cut specifically the way you want. They have Norwegian salmon fillets, catfish fillets, sliced ham or turkey and lunch meat, variety of cheese available, and several options of sausage links. Fresh chicken breast or whole chickens, sliced bacon, pork chops, ground beef, marinated beef, and chicken fajitas, and always large briskets available, plus fresh vegetables. So the great product, customer service, and family tradition of the Bauer family continues at Waco Custom Marketplace, open Monday through Saturday, a full-service butcher shop and bakery available. Waco Custom Marketplace, 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco or WacoCustomMarketplace.com.
11: The future's bright. The time is now. College is what you make it. It's a late-night pizza run and all-nighters coding a new project. It's having big dreams and making them a reality. It's a professor who knows your name and your story. It's preparation for your future, your calling, your life. And at Baylor... It's even more Baylor where lights shine bright takes time to reach goals it's a truth that applies to more than sports it goes for your financial goals as well you work hard for your money and you deserve an investment strategy that lines up with your game plan and chuck verno your edward jones financial advisor can help if financial investments aren't putting forth the effort you desire stop by today for a financial review chuck verno 720 north 64th street in waco 254-732-1161 edward jones member sipc
5: Stepping into the boots of a U.S. Army officer can add confidence and leadership skills to your son or daughter's career path. See all the things they can achieve in our boots at GoArmy.com. U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543.
1: is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Enjoying the show? Hit the like button and subscribe.
5: Bob Thompson, consultant, Bob Thompson Sports Media, also former Fox president, CEO, with us on 365 Sports. It's been a, a while. Bob thinks of Kind of slowed down unless uh, someone's trying to throw spaghetti noodles against the refrigerator to see if it sticks on some things. But um, I, I reached out to you yesterday afternoon about this Big Ten story with some of the loose ends. When you read it or saw it and digested it, what it, what came out of it for you? Uh, first
8: of all, thanks for having me, guys. Always a pleasure. Um, you know, reading the story, a couple of things jumped out at me. First of all, I, I think I mentioned there's been rumors about this running around for a while that there might be some unsolved issues but that's not unusual i mean these are very complicated deals and they take some time to paper you know would i would like to have more of those details figured out before i announce absolutely is it the end of the world and unfixable no not at all so you've got a couple of things to look at <clears throat> the champ game is a little um that apparently has gone from Fox to NBC, you know, given that Fox was supposedly involved in all the negotiations. That seems a bit of a surprise. But you got to remember that that's money that's just going to be replaced. I mean, NBC is going to pay it instead of Fox. So that, you know, that money is kind of fungible one half, one pocket, right, you know, left pocket, right pocket. The other 25 million seems to be something related to probably lost inventory uh, during the pandemic because remember the big 10 didn't play a bunch of their games. And so Fox probably had some cure period where the big 10 had to pay them back at by a certain point. So these are just, you know, those are one time charges. So it's it's not going to happen every seven years of the deal. So take that off the top and that's all very solvable. The tolerances issue, which is the night games, that's been around for a long time. And so anybody who wasn't aware of that, hasn't been paying attention to the rights deals that have been done in the Big Ten over the years. Um, so, you know, is it unfortunate? Yes. Is it uh, unfixable for Tony Petit going forward? No. Is it uh, hundreds of millions of dollars? No. It's going to be $5 million, $70 million total, which, if you look at it, is 1% of the total deal, $7 billion. So I, I wouldn't get too upset. I think if I'm Fox, I'm upset if Kevin Warren kind of went off the went off the reservation here and went and did this deal without telling them what was going on and didn't tell NBC what was going on with the tolerances and the night games. So that's something that's going to have to be, be taken into consideration. But I think with the amount of money out there, it's the a ter- terrific motivator to get some people to play some night games. And we're only talking about four games. I mean, it's not this isn't the whole schedule. So I, it's kind of not comical. I mean, it, it's unfortunate that it's kind of gotten the reaction it did. I don't know. Has anybody seen the Big 12 fine deal? You know, my guess is that deal's not done yet either. They take some time. But uh, they like to usually get about out and out before they get leaked. And so, you know, it kind of is what it is. And that's where we are right now.
4: The, um, the night games thing, is that more just the, the – co- like the – the schedulers and the people who are just used to something being mad because they're they're really not going to see any of that money, right? I mean, it, it's all uh, going somewhere else. So for them, it's it's probably a little bit more of a headache.
8: A little bit, yeah, it is. And uh, you know, it's the cold weather is certainly one thing. The, the local communities and how they handle games and what has to be done as it relates to putting on a game in some of these college towns is is difficult. Yeah, you know, there's a pretty simple way to fix this. You just get you know, you've got like. Five or six teams within an hour of a dome uh, in Michigan, in Indiana, uh, in Minnesota. You're going to have two teams within the uh, hour, hour and a half of the Chicago Bears' new dome. Create a dome series. You know, play some games in the dome and then combine that with a couple of games in 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 LA at the uh, USC UCLA, and you you build your four games with with really no problem.
6: So, Bob, was this uh, a situation that Tony Petiti you think was startled by when he walked into it? Or is this just kind of business as usual? Hey, there's going to be some hangups. There's going to be some things that weren't exactly, you know, cemented. And uh, that's part of, you know, him walking in and and kind of cleaning up the rest of the job. Do you think that was, you know, anticipated on his part? Or is this something that is kind of jarring for a guy taking over the job?
8: No, I'm pretty sure he would have been aware of it. You know, I'm sure he asked where where the TV deal stands and probably would have asked to see it. Uh, I know I would have. And, you know, so I, 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 again, I think he he's somebody who has walked in this world and knows these people that that we're talking about here at, at the various networks. So he's very comfortable there. And I, I really don't think he'll have a problem get, getting some resolution.
6: One question that I saw pop up quite a bit in uh, some of the replies to – uh to the original tweet was how would Fox not know about the championship game promise if they were there in theory helping the discussions along the way?
8: Um, because my guess is they weren't there when that conversation happened. <laughs> <laughs> <Got you. laughs> I mean, like here's here's one of the things that that I had you know kind of come up with a in reading Pete's article, and that was that you know it appeared that the deal might have been Fox CBS and Amazon. And then there was some pushback from coaches and ADs about the amount of, of streaming and and that primetime Saturday night game being a streamed game. And so maybe Kevin, you know, went to NBC and maybe Kevin without Fox talked to NBC about a deal and in order to get them up to that level that they that Amazon potentially was prepared to pay he had to throw in a few things and so thinking about the Friday night or the uh, November games that kind of went out the window to get to the number and and the champ game that was currently one of their partners including the partner who owns the rights, you know through the Big Ten network was thrown in because I assume Fox had multiple multiple games with you know maybe they had three and everybody else had two I can't remember how it worked but Um, you know, they threw threw through a champ game to NBC to get to that final number. And, you know, maybe Fox finds out about it after the fact, but, you know, I can't imagine Fox complaining about the deal if they were there when the deal happened.
5: They don't want those handful of games at night in prime time to be like Rutgers against Nebraska. Do they?
8: No, you wouldn't really want that. I mean, that's, you're gonna to want to showcase your, your best teams at prime time I mean it, yeah, a couple of things number one there's less you're up against less games uh, in that window whether it's you know 730 Eastern or 1030 Pacific you know there there there's certainly less competition in those two windows than than the daytime afternoon windows so you, you don't want to put your best stuff forward and I think everybody will agree to play I mean again it's it's four games so at max you're looking at eight teams and You've got to figure that you know the two of them. Two of them aren't a big issue in UFC UCLA. So it's you know six teams to get affected every every three years. You know you play once every three years.
5: Bob Thompson, former Fox CEO, president, with us now, a consultant also with Bob Thompson Sports on Three Sixty Five Sports.
4: Bob, the ESPN probably uh, will have their direct to consumer. Uh, product ready in twenty five or twenty six. Do you think that will gut cable?
8: No, no. <laughs> I, I don't. I think uh, a couple of things. Um, you know, I don't know what everybody's viewing habits are, but I watch a lot more than just sports. You know, I've got CNBC playing in the background a lot of the time during the day, and I you know watch a variety of things, not just sports. Um, if I if if ESPN goes streaming, I mean I going to still have it on my direct tv package hopefully my, my direct tv package might be a little cheaper because espn is going to have to adjust some of these prices to the cable operators if they're going to compete with them
12: mm. and
8: that's probably one of the reasons why it's going to take a couple years they got to work through all the cable c- contracts they're going to have to work through all the rights agreements with the you know with the various suppliers that they have so that they have that ability to go you know direct the consumer with the product and they, you know most of the deals they've been signing have some rights but it's not necessarily all their rights so um i don't think it kills cable i think it's got cable to take a hit but you know at the current rate if cable's in like 75 million homes at some point i would expect and you know other people said this too the current rate of forward cutting you're looking at 2025 2026 where you're going to be at about 55 50 million homes and that's that's probably the point where, you know, ESPN takes a look where you've got half the homes have cable and the other half don't. Um, they've made a lot of money off the bundle for a lot of years. So the last thing they want to do is, you know, put it to bed any earlier than they have to. So I really think it'll continue. Um, the cable business will continue. And the other thing is people don't realize that you're buying these streaming services right now. You're, you're taking advantage of, let's call them introductory prices because these guys are losing a lot of money and they can't continue to lose a lot of money and be successful in the streaming business, be successful at all. So they're going to have to adjust their prices. And then as the prices get adjusted and you're paying more, what the, the value that you're getting for out of these streaming services, um, you're going to be up and around and beyond possibly what you're paying for your bundle cable package right now. Plus, you gotta throw in, you know, the internet piece. And if you're getting your internet from the cable guys, it's a lot more expensive if you just buy internet alone without the package, you know, without the video package. And so they're gonna ding you there as well. So I really don't think it's gonna you know, I saw the article from Barrett I don't <clears throat> I don't totally buy it, but um, you know, cable business is gonna take it's gonna have some pain, but I don't think it's gonna go away just because ESPN streams.
4: Why? For people who don't know, why are the streamers losing so much money right now?
10: Well, it,
8: there's there, there's this arms race trying to produce as much money, you know, produce as much content as you could, be, with the idea being you're going to attract you know more more viewers that way and more subscribe more subscriptions that way, and you know it it's a Tried and true approach to to selling subscriptions. I remember when I first started selling cable TV door to door. We had a deal with twenty nine ninety five a month, and you got all four pay services. And it was you know three 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 or four months, and you know then the price went up a bit. Yeah, boy, you know it was great until people realized they actually had to pay for all this stuff, and 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 then they you know it got real <laughs> real fast. So I. You know, trying to amass enough content to attract enough subscribers has been their goal. And I think there's already become some uh, sanity. has come to the marketplace. I think you're now, it's Wall Street is less about how many subs did you add on uh, your streaming services as opposed to how much you're losing and how quickly that is going towards a profit.
5: Bob, I had somebody want me to ask you this question. You have what the main games, the Big Ten, certain networks have them, uh, obviously with um, Fox and CBS and what they have. Do you ever see college football going to, for example, those primetime games in November? with the Big Ten or the networks ever look at flexing those games?
8: Um, you know, it, they, they kind of have a flexibility in certain cases, not for the primetime games, but just on a weekly basis uh, with the six- and 12-day windows, uh, when window the selections are actually made as to the start times of the game. It's a different thing when you're um, – have, you know, conference by conference has different stipulations of what you can do at, at night, what days you can play besides Saturday, um, things like that. So I think uh, they're pretty comfortable picking in advance. Uh, from special dates in prime time. And the schools prefer that. And I think certainly the communities and the fans do as well. They have enough problems just with the six and 12, 12 day picks. Uh, the, the flex schedule would introduce a whole different, um, whole different group of problems. And I, I really would be surprised to see that. I did see that the NFL just agreed mm-hmm. that, uh, flex on Thursdays twice a year, 28 days out. Um, as a test, and so we'll see how often that how often that actually happens. Um, but I think for college, it's pretty much handled just by the the six and and twelve day picks.
4: Yeah, the the players are going to hate that, even twenty eight days yeah. out. They're still going to yeah. hate it, which might be what they negotiate out of the next CBA, so that the NFL gets what they really want because they they made them mad about something else.
3: Very possible. Yeah.
4: Bob, what do you think about the the NFL going on this? The, speaking of the NFL, the one streaming playoff game on Peacock.
8: Um, yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting. I don't know. I think last time around it was on, uh, who was it on? I can't remember. But it went, it went for a, a, about $15 million left. So I'm sure whoever that was didn't want to renew the deal. They probably had some first rights. And so – I think for Peacock, it's great. You know, they have a, they have an NBC game as well. And you probably will see a, 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 a slightly heightened level of promotion of the Peacock game following on, on, following the NBC game. So, um, you know, I think for the NBC or for the NFL, they're trying to, you know, see if it, if uh, it sells subscriptions, you know, and that's, that's part of the game when it comes to streaming, you know, it does your product drive subscriptions and that's, the the whole discussion about Amazon not having you know the quite the viewership reach or and, and, and viewership numbers that Fox had in the prior years for Thursday night football that's that's not necessarily what Amazon's goal is. Amazon's goal is to sell Prime subscriptions and then get people to buy paper towels. You know, so uh, and I think with with Peacock it's the same thing. You know, the whole idea is to get people into the Peacock. Um, you know. Uh, platform and that if you're going to have something that's going to get people to move, certainly having a, a playoff game um, would be one of the things that you would think would kind of move the needle.
6: Bob, I saw a few people, uh, you know, ask you questions about the sizzle and then fizzle that was the ACC and uh, their situation coming out of meetings. Where on day one there were some schools that were clearly, you know, talking and won some change, and 24 hours later everything had, had basically calmed down. Just how did you take all that? Especially, you know, I saw your responses like, "Oh, I'm sure they'll just get out of that 16 years remaining, you know, 13 years <laughs> remaining on their deal. That'll be no problem." But what, what were your thoughts when you saw that bubbling up last? week
8: well i think there's certainly some some posturing going on so that uh you know certain number of the schools left you know no doubt in anybody's mind that they're not happy with their current situation uh whether they're they're trying to send a message to the acc and, and, and the commissioner I, that you know phillips knows the problems they have he, he doesn't need a message uh, it's almost more like we're, we're sending this to our fans and it's darn it you know we're sick of this and we're not going to take it anymore and you know talking about the um you know redistribution of of revenue um i I mean i can understand for um things like cfp appearances ncaa basketball credits things like that that makes that makes some sense but even if you put that together it's still not going to get you close to where the fcc and the big Ten are at so all you all you've basically done is now you pissed off a couple of the other schools who who prefer the equal revenue sharing. And so I, it didn't surprise me. I mean, I've looked at the grant rights, everybody's looked at the grant rights and it's, it's a tough one, you know, and it was written up for, for that reason. I mean, it was done at the time when schools were leaving and you know, ESPN was trying to get a, you know, start a network or the ACC wanted ESPN to start a network. And they needed to have the certainty that this conference was going to be around long enough for them to recoup that investment. You can drop a couple hundred million dollars putting the network up on the air. You you want to be sure that those teams are going to be there at least long enough for you to, you know, get your, recoup your investment, hence the, the long-term deal till 2036 or whatever it is. And there's some very specific, you know, some very onerous things like, okay, fine, you can go, you pay the exit fee, but we still own your right. Mm-hmm. So you know, you're not really bringing anything to the new conference. So I, you know, that a lot of it was, to me a, a lot about nothing but it, it wasn't a surprise given the the talk that we'd heard out of a variety of schools out there on the in the east coast
5: is it true that they took basically the grant of rights uh, agreement of the big 12 and copied and pasted it for themselves
8: you know i don't know they if you read them they all look very similar so I don't know. Maybe there was one law firm that did them all, but um, they're they're not, they're not significantly different. And um, some are are a bit stronger than others. The the ACC is the longest and, and has the most stringent um, clauses of all of them. That, that I'm pretty comfortable saying.
5: All right. On Kevin Warren, and obviously there's some T's that weren't crossed and I's that weren't dotted. Was was he, a bull in the china shop so to speak uh, during this time when they were pounding this contract out
9: i mean that's that's
8: possible he he might have overpromised and then um, when he couldn't you know it's a, it, and it's safe i'm correct in the amazon part couldn't uh, wasn't acceptable to you know certain portions of the conference you know, he might've got out over his skis a little bit and he had to figure out a way to, you know, kind of walk it back and hopefully recoup everything. And that's, you know, that's possible where, um, you know, some things kind of fell through the cracks, but um, that, that's all I can think. I, you know, again, given the setup of how those rights are sold, you know, through BTN and with Fox as a partner, um, it's, you know, inconceivable to me how some of these things could happen without Fox knowing. So that, that's just the thing that's a little suspicious to me. And I haven't really had any significant discussions with any of my friends at Fox about it. But, um, you know, you still hear the
3: rumors.
5: When you hear or, or see someone reporting that a network, a linear network, for example, whether it's ESPN or Fox, are out of negotiations with, the, say, the Pac-12 because they're the ones that are trying to figure it out. Does that mean they're out until they're not because they might get a, a better deal and whatever they might end up paying a conference?
8: Yeah, I, we never used to say we were out, and I, you know, in fact, and I don't think you've seen anybody at Fox say they were out of the Pac-10. You always want somebody, you always want the guys looking over their shoulder mm-hmm. in hopes that you know someone might, you know, make a mistake or overpay. And that's just less money they have to buy something else with. So, but you're never out until it's announced and your name's not in the press release. So I, I don't think this this whole, some of these things going around that, you know, oh, ESPN's out, it's, you know, maybe they haven't talked in a while, but they, they could always get back in by picking up the phone. So, you know, I was, I was down in, in Scottsdale when they had the Fiesta Bull meetings and, you know, there's meetings going on all over the place. You know, I saw the Fox guys, I saw the ESPN guys, Big 12 is there, Pac-12, everybody's there. So there's, there's always discussions going on. So it, you know, I, ne- I never say never on this stuff. And it, it, when people tell you they're out and they're a hundred percent out, you know, it, unless it to me comes from somebody at ESPN with a, you know, three letter title after the name, like CEO or something like that, I don't buy it. You know, I, the, the, there's just too much stuff that can be funneled to people from people who don't really know what's going on. I mean, funneled to, to writers or whatever. It could be funneled to them. And you know, like I said, it's, it's never really over until like, there's an announcement and you're not in it.
5: One final thing. Have you ever seen so much angst, frustration, finger pointing, picking sides, drawing a line in the sand, as you've seen during the renegotiation of, Conference uh, TV deals the last two to three, like I guess last year or two?
8: No. I mean, it. it, it people, I, I, it, very seldom did anybody ever ask me what was going on. And, you know, part of the reason is, you got to remember for other than I think part of the SEC deal and part of the Big Ten deal, or most of the Big Ten deal, a lot of these deals were 12 and 13 years. So there's nothing to talk about for a very long time. And in that time, things like you know, Twitter came about and Instagram and all the social media things. And, and just sports media in general became something that was, you know, talked about a lot more than it ever had been. But yeah, it's, it's very surprising to me. And no, I've never seen anything like this what's going on in the last couple of years. I, I can uh, truly say it was never that way back in my day.
5: Bob, thanks as always for your time. I hope your golf game is well.
8: All right, thanks, guys. Thank have a you, good week.
5: Bob Thompson, former Fox Sports president, CEO. Uh, his takes on the uh, the story from Pete Thamel on the Big Ten with some loose ends and a lot of other from cable TV to direct to consumer to much much more. It's good, always great to have Bob Thompson. We appreciate his time. When we come back, David Hellman, Fox Sports on some of the decisions today from the NFL owners and more. And this is three sixty five Sports. PediclinicLowT.com, Dr. Canfetti Petty can help you become the high-performance man you want to be, need to be, and used to be. As you get older, father time takes over. That's everyone's clock is ticking. And in some cases, father time will lower your testosterone inside of your body. You don't even know it until there are symptoms. Symptoms of a lack of sex drive, ED, or your focus and concentration and sleep habits. You're just, something's missing. And you're Pretty good shape, and you've got a pretty good diet, and you're very active. But something's missing. Your testosterone level might be dropping or has dropped. Dr. Camp Petty can help you find out. Go to PettyClinicLowT.com. In the top corner, left side, there's a phone number, email. Tell them I sent you. They will then set you up to get your blood work. You get the blood work. They'll take care of it. Dr. Petty gets the results, and if your testosterone level is too low, he could put you in a program to increase it so you can become the high-performance man you want to be, need to be, and used to be at PettyClinicLowT.com.
13: 26 letters in the alphabet over 600,000 words in the dictionary and just three of them said together can change everything let's order pizza those three words lead to dough made from scratch and three fresh signature cheeses that blanket golden crust in a heavenly melt on marco's pizza that'll blow your mind so visit marco's.com to order and stop by marco's pizza in bellmead china spring woodway and in robinson marco's pizza lovers get it
5: at ideal mri we feel blessed to be a part of the waco community we're a small family business right here in central texas and our goal is to bring down the cost of health care while maintaining high quality at times like this the cost of health care has never been more important and unfortunately significant illnesses and injuries still occur that's why ideal mri is open and here to serve you through the difficult time. We offer premium MRIs just like a hospital with state-of-the-art technology and specialists, but you'll pay less. Sometimes thousands of dollars less, whether you're using insurance or not. At Ideal MRI, we accept most insurance and there are no hidden costs. Even offering financing if that's needed, everything included in the price, and you'll not get something as a surprise in the mail later on. If you need an MRI, ask your doctor about Ideal MRI. They'll know. You can schedule an appointment safely from home online in minutes at idealmri.com or give us a call 833 Ideal MRI, Ideal MRI dot you
6: I see an
5: equal housing lender. Did you know that one out of every four men have symptomatic low levels of testosterone and don't even know it? And if you think you're too young to worry about it, guess again. Low T levels can make you feel tired and grumpy, raise your cholesterol, and cause weight gain. Petty Clinic Low T can set up same-day blood screening and results, so if you're tired of being tired, call or go online at PettyClinicLowT.com. It's a private clinic with an atmosphere catering to men. Affordable, only $165 a month, including lab work, office consultation, testosterone injections, and follow-up visits compared to $300 or more a month in Dallas or Austin, and you don't have to drive 90 miles one way or the other and fight the traffic. Petty Clinic Low T has board-certified physician consultations and will provide the best form of brand strength testosterone. Contact Petty Clinic Low T for increased energy improvement in sexual desire and performance, mood, concentration, even a decrease in body and belly fat. Just off Highway 84 and Old Hewitt Drive and Woodway, PettyClinicLowT.com.
2: Welcome back to 365 Sports. It's time for our weekly segment with David Hellman of
5: FoxSports.com. David Hellman on Mondays, most Mondays at around five thirty, with us on 365 Sports with Craig and Paul. I'm David Smoke. So, David, I saw some of the owners' decisions, uh, flexing Thursday games, and much more. Uh, Paul doesn't think the players are going to like it. I don't know if players like Thursday games anyway, but the money is huge. How does that the flexing Thursday games go with you?
12: Uh
14: yeah, I think I mean I think you just laid it out pretty perfectly. I mean, I think Thursday night football is pretty awful all things considered, <laughs> but the money is is too large to be ignored. And I mean you know, the, the minute we started making this a regular thing, you know, I, I don't remember if it was eight years, ten years ago, five years ago, uh, whenever the league moved to make sure that every single team played a Thursday night game, I think you can kind of throw the idea of player safety out the window. That's clearly not uh, the determining factor when you make these kind of decisions, but uh, the money makes it worth it. And yeah, I mean, I, I feel for the players because that's not easy, especially, you know, as as playing two Thursday night games a year becomes more and more regular. And it's only, you know, it's only a matter of time before we're playing 18 games a year. You know, they, that's already provided in the CBA. The owners, all they have to do is flip a switch to get an extra regular season game. That's coming before too long, if I had to guess. So, I mean, you're talking about, if you make the playoffs, you're talking about a, a 25, 28-week season. So, I feel for them, but uh, but the money is there. And uh, clearly, I think the NFL was pretty alarmed by by how far the numbers dipped last year with some of those matchups. So, I don't agree with it. I think it's kind of hypocritical. Uh, but the money is, is very big, and, uh, and that's typically what drives these types of decisions.
4: Maybe they should just, uh, if it dipped and it wasn't good, they should just, after the contract's up, not do it.
14: Uh, that, that toothpaste doesn't go back in the toothpaste. You know, I mean, you could make, you could make an argument. You know, I've been saying for years, I think you could probably, you could probably lop 20 games off of the NBA schedule and probably lop 30 games off of the MLB schedule, but, uh, you don't get owners to agree to less revenue for their teams. Um, so I think it's, I think it's here to stay. Unfortunately, uh, at the very least, I hope, uh, you know, I hope within the next few years, especially, if they, if they bump this season up by another game, which I think they will, I hope we, we get to a point where teams get two bye weeks. I think you could at least do a lot to alleviate some of this by doing that.
4: David, do you think that if, um, if the Cowboys get to training camp and they're concerned about Tony Pollard's durability and Deuce Vaughn's readiness, that they would bring in a better veteran than Ronald Jones at running back?
14: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, and I think we've seen, we've seen some evidence of that over the years. Um, you know, the Cowboys can famously be kind of stubborn, uh, when it comes to doing stuff like that. But I mean, we've seen them kind of break glass in case of emergency over the years. I mean, it was only last year that they signed Anthony Barr during training camp. Uh, they cut their rookie kicker last year and brought in, brought back Brett Maher during the middle of training camp. I think it was the COVID year that they signed Everson Griffin to help their pass rush out in 2020 during training camp. Um, So, yeah, I, I don't think you can rule it out. I do think if I had to guess, I think it would take going to training camp and either suffering an injury, which hopefully not, or just having it be painfully obvious that they don't have what they need in camp, which, like I said, I think sometimes the Cowboys are stubborn and it has to be very, very obviously spelled out for them. Uh, but, yeah, I think the, the good thing about running back is I do think it's a position uh, where help is typically available. I mean, I, I don't have a list of players in front of me, but I'm, I'm very confident there's five or six capable running backs that are unemployed right now. So if it comes to that, it wouldn't be terribly surprising.
5: David, they did t- today as well. The NFL owners approved that emergency quarterback has to be a part of the 53-man roster, but available on game days, if the first or second or backup quarterback, excuse me, go out and cannot come back in, and if they do have a chance to come back in, then that third quarterback, the emergency quarterback, has to go back out. Your thoughts about that?
3: I, I like the rule. I think,
14: you know, it, it protects teams a little bit. I, and I, you know, I get the idea of strategy, and, and you should have to, you know, you, I enjoy the chess match of trying to figure out who to activate and who to deactivate for a game day. But at the end of the day, I think quarterback is a different position. And it's just, it's not good. It's not a good product if you lose the ability to play quarterback. Like nobody wants to watch as funny as it is to joke about Christian McCaffrey playing wildcat quarterback. That's not what the league has become. That's not why this league does crazy good ratings. It's it's just not what we sign up to watch. So I enjoy or I appreciate that they made a rule that allows for that. But at the same time, I think this happens every year where a very freak occurrence in a playoff game gets everybody to freak out about a rule that really isn't that big of a deal. I mean, you know, we spent all last offseason complaining about the coin toss in overtime because Patrick Mahomes is a freaky enough quarterback to score a touchdown in 13 seconds. But how many times is that going to happen? Like one out of a million? And the same thing goes here, where a playoff team loses two quarterbacks in the first half of the same playoff game. I mean, I just don't – I don't think we're going to see that happen again in a couple of decades. So uh, probably a knee-jerk reaction, but but I, I appreciate that they changed the rule because, again, you don't want to get stuck in that situation if you don't have to.
4: So, I mean, they're not a ton of Cowboys news, but they are starting OTAs here soon. What do you expect – that we can maybe glean from this that we, we can't, I mean, obviously rookie minicamp is kind of nothing, uh, but the OTAs and where they start, you maybe like lining guys up and, and testing things out.
14: I mean, I mean, there, there are things to be gleaned. Um, but I think my cynical, my cynical answer after 10 years is like OTAs is really about conditioning and install. Um, I mean, I would I would love to say that we're going to learn something about the way Mike McCarthy calls plays during OTAs, but that's just not true. Like, again, this is all just about installing the offense and making sure everybody's on the same page. I guess uh, one thing I've really enjoyed about Dan Quinn since he took the D.C. job is just uh, he's going to mix and match a million, billion different combinations. He's going to do a bunch of different stuff and and throw a bunch of different guys out there, which... It's frustrating in the sense of, like, you know, when Rod Marinelli was the coordinator, you could kind of get a sense for the depth chart while he was coaching. You'd be like, okay, these are the starters and these aren't the starters. It's completely impossible to tell that with Dan Quinn because he does all sorts of crazy stuff. But I do think it's a lot more fun because you get a sense of the type of packages he wants guys to use uh, to play in. So. You know, maybe keeping an eye on some of the young linebackers, some of the young safeties to see what sort of situations they're getting playtime in. Um, I guess that could be beneficial. But uh, in my experience, it's not to say that there's nothing to be gained from OTAs, but from an outsider's perspective, not knowing what's being installed or what's being called, uh, I'd say it, it, it's not overly useful for those of us on the outside.
6: David, how do you think a draft weekend in Green Bay, Wisconsin will go?
14: I said this, I tweeted this a little while ago. Look, like I you know, I'm, I I've got a soft spot for small markets. Like I I don't I don't like the elitist people who don't think that like a small market can put on a Super Bowl or put on a good event. I th- I've been to Green Bay many times. It's very very it's a fun place to spend a weekend. It should be on every football fan's bucket list. My big concern, though, I just – I don't know where the hotel space is coming from because if you've ever been up to Lambeau, I mean, it's hard to find a hotel room for a game day, and the NFL loves to brag about how many people go to the draft. I mean, I think they said 300,000 people came to Kansas City for the draft this past year, and I just don't think – I mean, Green Bay doesn't have that kind of hotel space, so you know, maybe you have to stay in Appleton, maybe some people – I bet they'll do travel packages where, you know, you spend the night in Milwaukee and bus up to green Bay in the morning. I don't know. It, it sounds like a headache. The logistics of it sound like a headache to me, but uh, clearly, I think people underestimated the demand for the draft, you know, five, 10 years ago, people were allowing, like, Oh, who wants to go watch the commissioner read off names at a podium? Well, the answer is a lot of people want to do that. Uh, so I don't doubt that a lot of people are going to go. And I bet it'll be a very fun time. But I am curious where all of those people are going to sleep.
5: I think the NFL will use some of their billions and build like some kind of place for everyone to hang I, out. And for that a could weekend. be their yeah. fire, fire. That's out. not so. a
3: that's not a bad idea.
5: Yeah. That's not
14: a bad idea. Like an an Olympic village, a yes, Green Bay, exactly. Like a Green Bay draft village. Yeah,
5: we we were at the front of when it changed. It was of course at uh, in New York. We were there when RG three was picked as the number two pick behind luck, right, in the draft. And then pretty soon after that, Chicago, then Nashville, right? Philadelphia. It's been everywhere. It's 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 real I was wondering it, about that. It has really turned into one hell of a deal that what they're doing with that the way they've moved it around.
14: Yeah, absolutely I mean, yeah, like I said, I think yeah, I think the first time I remember the draft going on the road was probably twenty sixteen. And I think nobody believed that it was really a worthwhile idea and here we are seven eight years later and it's it's the biggest event of the NFL offseason and I mean y'all know me I'm a draft Nick so I love it so I'm not gonna rain on anybody's parade about draft weekend um you know I I saw somebody say this on Twitter the NFL decided to do it that probably means it's gonna work because (laughs) uh through sheer force of will typically most of their ideas do I mean they pulled off having a Super Bowl in New York in February. They've pulled off international games uh, and a dozen other things in between. So if I had to guess, it'll probably
3: be pretty successful.
5: Thank you, David. Appreciate you as always. David Hellman, Fox yep. Sports Thanks, with guys. us Mondays on 365 Sports.
6: I wanted to ask him about Bill Connolly's list, but then I was going to have to explain like, how Baker Mayfield's number one overall <laughs> and like get into that, but I would have been interested to hear him. You know, Would you take Burrow over Tebow? Burrow over Vince. Burrow over uh, who's the others? Uh, not Baker, obviously. Cam. Cam, yes, Cam is who I was thinking of because that's about the list right I, there for I, Joe I, for Joe Burrow, I think. And then you know maybe if you want to sprinkle in some Deshaun Watson and and who was else? Uh, Kyler Lamar. I mean, you start to get into those names. I don't know, but. Burrow would be way up there. But
4: I think Burrow and Cam Newton are almost a fair flip based on their one-year wonders, right? I mean, I know Burrow played two years at LSU, but like... Cam it, played a little at Florida. Cam played a little at Florida, but like their they're real juices that one year... Burrow all day over Cam. Not even close. <laughs> Not even close. Let's get David back on the line. <laughs> yeah, he'd probably agree. Not even close. Yeah, okay. so. yeah, I, yeah I don't know. I think, I think you could flip those two... Um, because of what they did in their one year now the team around Joe Burrow oh, was yeah, was so crazy i mean the two best wide receivers in the nfl were the the wide receivers so you know that those are i'm not trying to take away from joe burrow he's clearly proved it that that he's he was certainly the x factor cuz those guys were on the team before too and they weren't they weren't doing that but he was the x factor and all that like cam newton was the x factor in auburn you know you you take him off and yeah, you know, that they, they'd played in games before, but they'd never gotten over the top. And if you look, you know, the national championship game they played before Cam, and the national championship game they they played after yeah. Cam was the difference. Yeah.
5: So, yeah, he was he he could carry a team on his back, and Burrow put up astonishing numbers, and just kind of you just kept waiting. Okay, they're going to hit a bump in the road here, and they never did. They put up massive numbers. All right, when we come back. Oh, tomorrow, Dave Aranda, Baylor football coach, is having a ten fifteen media press conference. And it's not like anything specific, but remember when they ended spring ball, the spring game, he mentioned that there would be a quarterback QB1 decision. That was uh, well over a month. Has it been a month? It's been about a yeah. month ago.
0: I'm exactly. not sure. If,
5: maybe he'll discuss it. You know, we'll ask the question about where that is and maybe why. Nothing has been said, not that it matters, but then again, it does because it's college football and people love it. When we come back, and we'll have that for a show tomorrow, when we come back, Paul Catalina's top five. Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Fiat. It's Jeep season, 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited with $5,000 in total values or 2023 Jeep Gladiator Sport with total values up to $5,000. If that's not enough, get a 2023 Jeep Compass, 5.9% financing for 72 months, plus $2,000 in total values, plus $500 bonus cash to first responders who come and shop and buy at Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. I rode that uh, that uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee, the 4xE Summit. I cannot stress, I'd never even heard of it. I didn't know that existed uh, until all of a sudden Ted Teague and – The great staff at Allen Samuels said, hey, why don't you drive this around for a couple of days while I was getting a tire fixed and also getting my oil changed. It was phenomenal. It is Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and of course, always a great place for Ram trucks, Loop 340 east of 84 in Waco I'm Boozer's is the wedding ring store and more. If you're ready to get engaged or already married and want to upgrade your wife's ring for a special anniversary, Boozer's is the place to go. With the largest selection of premier quality diamond engagement rings and wedding rings in Central Texas. They have seven cases with over 300 styles of rings from top designers like Natalie K. Choose from yellow, white, or rose gold, plus beautiful top quality loose diamonds. With an in-house jewelry, they can also custom make anything you want. Bring in a picture or draw in and let Boozer's create your one-of-a-kind pendant or ring. They can even use some of your old gold and diamond jewelry to create something new. At Boozer's, you'll find a great selection of quality timepieces, and Boozer's is the place for expert watch maintenance and repairs, too. They specialize in expert Rolex watch repair for fine jewelry, watches, custom work, and more. Go to Boozer's on Valley Mills and Lake Air Drive in Waco. Boozer's, the
12: wedding ring store.
6: How did Edward Jones become one of the biggest financial service companies in the world? By not acting that way. Financial strategies, one-on-one advice, it's a big difference. And that's why Brad Wilson, your Edward Jones financial advisor, makes sense of investing. Experience the difference for yourself. Brad Wilson, 250 Sharon Drive in Woodway, 254-776-4337. Edward Jones, member SIPC.
5: Aaron Duvall, owner Texas Beef House. Why did you get into this business? We kind of were born into it, and it's been for
3: uh, several generations. Our family's been in the, in the beef business, uh, the, the ranching business, and we've specifically gotten to the beef business uh, back in about 2015 when uh, me and my son uh, decided form Texas Beef House and. Uh, sell directly to the public.
5: Aaron, everyone yeah. knows about Wagyu and, and, and how elite that is when it comes to beef. What separates you from anyone else that may do this in this type of profession? We um, selected out Wagyu mainly because it's uh, such a quality beef and uh, it's consistent.
10: Some beef, some breeds, you, know, you may have uh, you know a good animal every now and then, but Wagyu
5: produces really consistently good beef every time. Where is the best beef in Texas? Your house. When you order from Texas Beef House, unleash the flavor of Texas Raised Wagyu from our pasture to your plate. TexasBeefHouse.com
1: It's time for Paul Catalina's Top 5, brought to you by Texas Beef House. Where's the best beef in Texas? Your house when you order from Texas Beef House. Unleash the flavor of Texas-raised Wagyu. From our pasture to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com.
4: Top 5 lethal running backs coming back in 2023. You know, this kind of came out of I was just like doing – you know, the open and trying to find highlights and looking at guys who are, who are back this year. And it is unfortunate that the running back position gets so devalued when it gets to the NFL, especially coming up this year. There's some really good, like it was hard to get to five in this list this year in, in college football. Mm. Like I could put Frank Gore Jr. on this list and not feel bad about it at all. Uh, that, is, that Southern is, Miss, he's, he's, he's bad. He's, he's pretty dang good. Okay. You know? uh, but I, I did pick five. Um, and I did leave off Bucky Irving from Oregon and that was a tough one, but I did bump him for personal bias. Number five, Trey Benson. has as a running back. No, you <laughs> know, Trey Benson in Florida state, uh, will be the bell cow for sure this year. Um, and uh, really came on and and dominated towards the end of the year. So much so, Treshawn Ward uh, transferred to Kansas State. Uh, Not only uh, is he excellent in the running game, he's a great receiver and uh, returns kicks. So he will be someone to watch in the ACC this year. Trey Benson uh, really dominant towards the the end stretch. And uh, really his explosion on the scene was the the reason for Florida State's winning streak. He and Jordan Travis kind of together uh, at the end of the year uh, because he was just so uh, reliable. And, and then at times dominant.
6: Yeah, a uh, good player. Great get from Oregon. Um, everybody seems to have come from somewhere nowadays, right? <laughs> uh, before they, they establish themselves, it almost feels like everybody got to double-check who's been where and, and all of that. So, yeah, I came over from Oregon after a year and – Uh, The second half of the year, like basically November, he started lighting it up, man. And, uh, you know, posting 100-yard efforts after 100-yard efforts. Got in the end zone a lot as well and finished with a really salty year. And, you know, yeah, that propelled him into the offseason. And he's probably not, uh, you know, mentioned as much as this quarterback or maybe some others on that team. But he's right up there near the top of the list for reasons why everybody's so excited about them. Number four. Rocket Sanders from Arkansas.
4: This is a guy I, I fell into a hole watching highlights of him. And I'd, I'd seen him during the year, uh, obviously, but uh, seriously fun to watch um, is one of those guys who can kind of do it. You know, uh, you need four yards. He can get you four yards. You all of a sudden need 42, he can get you 42 as well. He can go for, for 80, he can do all that. He's fantastic to watch, it should help K.J. Jefferson out in what feels like his 14th year uh, starting at, at Arkansas now. With that new offense, we'll see how much it changes, I doubt very much. But he, if Arkansas is to take a step forward this year, it's going to be very much uh, on the back of Rocket Sanders.
6: Yeah, I mean, uh, this isn't Kindle Browse anymore. It's Danny, knows yeah. so you know there is going to be some change there. Uh, to what extent, you know, we'll wait and see. But yeah, I first I was like, who's Ra-? I was like, oh Raheem Sanders, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, great player, uh, put up big numbers. Uh, and you're right, man. The KJ Jefferson thing is just like, how much eligibility do you possibly have left? I mean, how is it possible he's coming back for yet another mm-hmm. year? But he is, And, uh, you know, that bodes well for, for the Razorbacks, uh, you know, hopefully, potentially for them. Uh, but I am very curious to see them uh, with the changeover in offense and really I, as much, you know, interested to see what Kendall Browles does at TCU. That's still very weird that he is there now and will be calling plays for the Frogs. But, uh, yeah, Rocky, Raheem Sanders is a great player. Number three, Blake corbett at Michigan. Uh, the only reason he's
4: this low is I don't know how healthy – he is going to be to start the season, but if he is healthy and that gives him that one one two punch of of him and Donovan Edwards, that is going to be absolutely fantastic uh, once again for the Wolverines. And they make JJ McCarthy's life so much easier, and he's an excellent quarterback. I, I think he might be, if I do top five uh, quarterbacks, he's probably on the list uh, as well. But Blake Corum, and then to go along with Donovan Edwards, it. To me, and I know they have good wide receivers, it doesn't even matter who they are because they're going to be able to run the ball down most people's throats all day long, and that's how they've beaten Ohio State these last two years.
5: Yeah, he's just so good. And, and again, that Edwards jumps in. Well, he's hurt and runs for a bunch. Not enough against TCU, but I really like Blake Corham. Would he be in the NFL draft that he not been injured?
4: I wonder.
6: I don't know about his yeah, eligibility I so. yeah. out of his
5: third year, but uh, tough – Edwards was good. Uh, I'm, I hope Lake Quorum's one hundred percent when he does get back.
6: Well, I mean, Michigan didn't really need a whole lot of help offensively in that game.
5: <laughs> no, <laughs> you are right. That's right. <laughs>
6: um, it was it was as much getting stops uh, there for both parties to try and, and seal that one for the frogs. But um, yeah, I mean, a- awesome player. Obviously, was in the Heisman consideration. Um, you know, there was a scuttlebutt about what will he do at the end of the year, but the injury just, I mean, that, that was a bummer and, uh, hopefully he's, he's getting healthy and close to 100%. I haven't checked in in, in a while on where exactly he is, but, uh, yeah, hopefully he's good to go from the start of the season. And, uh, if, if so, then I'd imagine he's going to be right up there in those same conversations next year. So By the way, there's two
5: better than him, huh? Yeah.
6: You want to talk about knee jerk reactions to things, the
4: TCU playoff game. Think about Graham Harrell at Purdue and Phil Longo at Wisconsin opening up their offenses a little bit more because mm-hmm. now you you've seen what Michigan is maybe vulnerable to, and we'll see if if Jim Harbaugh uh, how he adapts to that uh, as they're they're going to see more and more teams running uh, the spread. Number two, Quinshawn Judkins from Ole Miss, true freshman last year was absolutely fantastic. Had to share the limelight, uh, of course, with uh, Zach Evans, uh, and but every time I mean this this dude is and they've got another they've got this year and next year with quinshawn judkins at old miss um uh, whatever quarterback he's taking the ball from he's certainly going to help them out uh already built i mean you know he gets off the bus already as a true freshman it looks like he's he's you know 26 years old and just ripped and cut and kind of that that adrian peterson type of already big and ready to go once they get there uh, one of the I, you know, I don't know if I'm going to put him. Yeah, I guess I will because I know who the number one is. I think he's going to be the number one running back in the SEC this year, and there, there's going to be a lot of good ones. But this dude is going to be the guy in the SEC. Now I don't know how good the rest of Ole Miss is going to be if they're going to take that step and contend for the the uh, SEC West, especially with LSU uh, up there
6: uh, with as much as they're bringing back. But Quinshon Judkins is he can ball. Yeah, Zach Evans was kind of an afterthought there, and it's yeah. not like he didn't have like a you know a, a good year at all. I mean, he put up some some good numbers, but uh, just Junkins was the highlight reel for them, and he was the the the, the main name uh, that you knew and that stood out to you in watching it. But yeah, he's a really great player. I want to I want to say, and I I feel like I was listening to this just like a month or so ago, but it was Lane Kiffin or something along those lines talking about you know having to as much as he's the portal king, also having to watch his back for his own guys. Because you can imagine there's probably some people ringing or hitting the DMs of Quinshawn Judkins to get him to come play for them too. Uh, but, yeah, he's a he's a really good player and uh, big things in store for him and only should be more so. I don't know their exact running back room arrangement at the moment. Uh, but, yeah, Zach Evans leaving, that obviously leaves a bunch of numbers open as well. So, yeah, he should, he should thrive. Do you have something, Garrett?
4: They, got, they have uh, Ulysses Bentley, too. This is
10: Bentley. The really MSMU. Yeah, really yeah,
6: good. He came over and he just I, – I, I, that that was puzzling to me. I, I have no idea why he did that, honestly. I, I mean, other than just wanting to play in the SEC, and if that was it, like, okay, that's totally understandable. Or if you got some NIL or whatever, he um, just wanted to play somewhere else. Like, maybe you broke up with your – I don't know. Like, I'm well, sure he what had What about
5: a, Dykes leaving? Uh,
6: there's that. I got, I, I'm just saying, whatever the reason was, I just I, – that was kind of puzzling yeah. to me because he was – Pretty well set up in SMU's offense, but, yeah, it could have been Dykes leaving, and, and that was all that he needed. But, uh, yeah, Judkins is a, is a badass.
4: I just I also think, though, like when you make that decision and you've got Zach Evans and Quinshon Judkins in there with you, maybe there's other – if you want to play in the SEC, he's good enough to where he could have gone to, you know
6: – Almost every other school. Yeah, but I mean? he could have had a million reasons, and I, yeah, I just. Yeah. But that, at the time, I was just puzzled by that because of. And Dykes might have been the biggest reason, but at the time, I was puzzled by that because he he had pretty well established himself with the Mustangs. But yep. And number one, Braylon
4: Allen from Wisconsin. My God, this guy's fun to watch, and will be interesting to see him um, in that new offense. You know, it's not going to be. It, it is a misnomer that it's not a running offense because it has to be, but. um I think part of the reason, you know, Tanner Mordecai, he threw a lot of interceptions in the spring game, but he does throw some interceptions. But I don't think Braylon Allen was really logging the time. (laughs) You know, they don't need to know what Braylon Allen can do in the spring game, they know. They can rest him up a little bit. I think this is going to be really fun to watch with Wisconsin this year uh, in that new offense with Braylon Allen and opening it up the way that they do. Uh, and this is a guy who is already in that you know power running offense, dominating anyway. And he's going to have probably more space to move because of the spacing of that offense and how Phil Longo's um, you know air raid type scheme will go.
5: Well, and you know with Mordecai there, he's kind of a guy that can run. Did not you don't know, want to do that too much? But I wonder if that help Braylon Allen will help. Mordecai obviously Mordecai is going to help as well Wisconsin that's going to be fun to watch I I, I look forward to the change in the offense and what those two do
6: well that's the whole idea right is uh, make it fun to watch and hopefully score a lot of points and uh, they you know had a good place to start off with with their running back right here Uh, so yeah he's a I keep saying I mean all these guys are great players but I mean he no doubt is had a big year last year and you know certainly some huge expectations but uh, yeah I look very much forward to seeing uh, our old buddy Tanner Mordecai being able to hand off to this guy and, and throw him a, a pass here and there as well. But, yeah, he's, he's he's a great
5: player. I saw this note on Ulysses Bentley about it was a crowded SMU running back's room. This was according to a story on Pony Express. <laughs> so he Ole goes Miss? to Ole Miss with Judkins and Evans? Yeah. Yeah. that's, uh, that's Just like
6: yeah. I said, it was puzzling because of the numbers, but Sonny Dykes, that alone would be enough reason to go – Even though it's not like they brought in some defensive-minded head coach to replace him, they brought in Rhett Lashley, who you know I feel like is going to have a pretty good offense for whoever's you know toting the rock for you. But yeah, that's that's a little funny. Uh, uh, The crowded room at SMU to go join Judkins and Evans and yeah.
4: You know sometimes though, college or kids say some weird stuff. I remember one time. No, that wasn't a quote. We we interview. Oh, okay. We interview a uh, we interviewed a kid who had committed to Baylor in 2016, and my first question was, well. You're you're this wasn't Jalen Peacher who stayed. This was somebody else. And I I said, uh, you know, you've committed a Baylor, you know, knowing what's going on, what made you – Want to keep that? And he's like, "Oh, the coaching staff." And yeah. no. Sookie would, and I, yeah. Sookie and I looked at each other, going, "I don't That's
6: think he. I don't think out. he knows." Yeah. This wasn't. This wasn't like a coach had been fired. It was the entire sauce so, so, scandal had played out, and he yeah, was yeah. like just unaware. Of the God ent- bless
5: like, the young. I man. mean, I
6: wish I could be that young and just out of out of tune with what was going yeah. on. I mean, I'm sure you'll get some arguments over like the placement here for like you know. Blake Corum over Braylon oh, Allen or whatever, but I mean, like that's to be expected with any list, and it's your opinion after all. But I mean, those are five great running well, backs, right I, there. I
4: did leave off Will Shipley. Paxton noticed it, and the reason I did, because you're a I hater. There's no, some no, no. Names, yeah. no, no, no. I, I. I I hater. think Clemson's offense failed last year when they forgot that Will Shipley was there. He was yeah. on the bench, but I do want to see him. He was not the the lead running back last year. He was kind of the change of pace guy. He's fantastic, and if I put my number one Swiss Army knife in there, Will Shipley's number one. So All that's a right. fly.
5: Thank you, Katie Raider, for the super chat. Good to have everybody today. We had huge numbers today. Uh, appreciate the time. Thanks to all of our guests, Tom Chattel, Bill Connolly, Bob Thompson, and David Hellman. Tonight, Sports Tonight at 1030, Emery Winters working on that on the CW here locally. Uh, thanks as well to Graham, to Levi, to Jack, Garrett Ross running the mothership. We appreciate you. To Paul and Craig, I'm David Smoke. We have amazing sponsors. We appreciate them too. This is 365 Sports, and have a great night.
2: I